This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Welcome to ESPN 700. It's the Salt City Hoops show. Zach Harper, Ben Anderson. Uh, we do have a bit of a weird show today, I guess, because... Andy Larson, your regular host, isn't here yet, but he will be here. He's at a wedding. He's at a wedding. He says he's at a wedding. <laughs> right. He's just been hanging out or sleeping or yeah. whatever he's doing. Just taking a nap. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy week for the Jazz. Uh, we're certainly going to talk about Gordon Hayward with Andy uh, when he gets back here because that's the big story of the weekend for right. the Jazz. Tomorrow night, 10 p.m. our time, Gordon Hayward is no longer a member of the Utah Jazz. He's oh. just in a pool. He's just in limbo. A free agency. Yeah, he's in that free agency pool just... Just treading water. And then he can do whatever he wants. And I think that's terrifying for jazz fans. I don't think it necessarily needs to be, but we'll talk about that a lot with Andy, uh, coming up here in about a half an hour when he gets hit, uh, when he gets here. As always, you can tweet at us, uh, at Talk Hoops if you want to hit up Zach. He's obviously got way more followers than anyone else I know. So They're all probably, fake. He's a lot of bots. Yeah, it's a lot, you gotta of have bots. a lot of bots. Yeah, you got to get bots. Uh, or you can always tweet at me at Ben K Fan. I think I said Zach was at Talk Hoops, but if you have questions you want to ask us, this might be our last opportunity to do it with Zach, right? To do the show here? Yeah, I don't I mean, think I'm... I, well, I don't know okay. if we're doing it next Thursday, and I don't think I'm here anyway, because I, I don't remember what time my flight is. Okay. Well, if you want to talk to Zach one last time, yeah. or you want to hear... Like, Give kind me of a, a call and let me know. form right. answer. This is almost surely your best opportunity yeah. to get that done. Uh, and I don't know. You never know with me. I'm just... I'm going to try and be here as much as possible. <laughs> uh, okay. We didn't do a show during the draft because uh, all the guys here on 700 had a, a big show last week, and Gordy Chiesa was here. It was great. Uh, but I want to talk about the draft. I want to talk about all the crazy things that have happened since then, and some of them are going to impact the Jazz. But there have been two superstar trades in the last, what, week and a half yeah. now? I guess since Thursday, last Thursday, there's been two superstars traded. And I think two legitimately, what, top 15 guys? Oh, for sure. Chris Paul's top 10, no yeah. question, might be top Five or six. Right. He's in the conversation. And then Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's that guy any given night. He's the best player anywhere, on the floor. Anywhere from 10 to 15. doesn't matter if LeBron's out there right. or KD's out there. Jimmy Butler is so talented that any night he can be the best guy. Yeah. You don't see those guys moved. I mean, we go two years without those guys getting traded, without getting two top 15 right. guys traded. To get them done in the same week is an enormous shakeup. And then Paul George might get traded. We're still sitting on Gordon Hayward, maybe signing somewhere else, who's a top 20 player. Like Griffin might sign somewhere else. There's a The, the NBA's going to look a ton different next year. Dwight Howard got traded. He's a top 50 player still. You know what you you know who you can thank for this? The Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors yeah. got together and right. they dominated and now everyone's like, "Uh-oh, we need an arms race." Right. And I guess that works. I guess if that's what you feel like you want to yeah. be doing, that's fine. So but, sure, maybe they maybe they made last season boring, but sure. they've made this last 2 weeks. And and incredible. next year's going to be fun. I'm excited to see that because what you do want to have is not teams saying, like, well, let's wait this out. Right. Let's just wait until 20, what, 19, 2020? Is that kind of the year people are 2019, targeting? Clay Thompson's a free agent, 2020, yeah. Draymond's a free agent. And people are thinking, like, maybe they'll be tired and of winning. Steph will be 32. Exactly. And you think, like, maybe he's slowed down enough at that point. Uh, but until then, yeah, you don't want teams just saying, well, there's nothing, no reason to play. There is a reason <laughs> <Right>. to play. <laughs> like, yeah, and you can still beat the Warriors. I'm not going to bet on you to beat yeah. them. But there's we- – I mean, the Cavs beat them last year. Yeah. So or, I know they've added Kevin Durant since then. But if you're in the East, maybe you can beat the Cavs. Right. Maybe you can lose to right. the Warriors in the finals. Right. Or That's set yourself up to be the team that people want to join. Right. And see that you have some magical chemistry that if you're Chris Paul now playing with the Houston Rockets, maybe someone says, hey, I'm that one piece away, and Daryl Morey knows how to wheel and deal right. and clear guys out where – 
yeah, the next superstar that becomes available says, I got to go to Houston and I want to play there and they can have that third max contract and then we can go and potentially compete for a championship. That was a mastery. Uh, like for the collective bargaining agreement nerds out there, what Daryl Morey did this week was unbelievable. The fact that he was just acquiring all these like non-guaranteed yep. minimum, minimum deals to make the money work. Uh, something he's not going to be allowed to do in a couple of days right. because of the new collective bargaining right. agreement. You can't trade these like non-guaranteed guys anymore in this fashion. So he had like one last like hurrah. It's, right. like, it's like it was essentially like a, a an old CBA bachelor party. But like does does nobody else know that you can do this? Did Phil Jackson not realize you can do th- a lot of I, these things? Phil Jackson didn't know you had to be awake yeah. during a workout. Right, right. He yeah. takes the train and stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> he does a lot of things that he probably doesn't need to be doing anymore. Right. Uh, including, yeah, sleeping during the draft workout reportedly. And, and but what the best part is reported by the player who was working out. Right. It's yeah. not like that was some source. It was like I looked through the window. So like, you know, I'm I may want Phil's job. Let me try to get let me try yeah. to get him out of here. Like no, right. that was just the, the person yeah, who worked it was out Malik was like Malik Monk or something. Yeah, really like, like, this guy's asleep. <laughs> he was not awake. Uh, so we look at what Houston did. Daryl Moore did great because at all there's not really many great examples in history when you've traded right. a superstar and you've gotten better by getting rid of your superstar. And even you may want to look back at the Jazz and say. Maybe you don't think Darren Williams was ever a superstar. They traded him, and they got really good value. Yeah, back. I mean, they he was a top three point guard at the time, top four point guard. Yeah, you know, absolutely. he was in that conversation. Uh, and, yeah, and probably a top twenty player at the yeah. time. Uh, and the Jazz got a really good package back. They ended up with the number three pick in Cantor. They ended up with Derek Favors back. Yeah. They ended up with a lot of pieces that ended up allowing them to trade for Trey Burke and l- little right. things like that. And even then, like if you were to go back and talk to both sides, they probably should have said, we should have figured a way to work that out. Yeah. Because we could have used a top 25 player and we didn't get that back in the trade. And Brooklyn didn't get anything either right, in exactly. the long term. So the, you, even if you get a good package back, you never win those trades when you give up superstars. So if you're Daryl Morey, he knows that. Yeah. If you can get Chris Paul, go get Chris Paul. As long as you're not giving up James Harden, right. you're probably going to be okay. Maybe it's a one-year rental. Maybe Chris Paul gets to get gets together with the banana boat sure. gang and like but you know all finds a place in a position now to maybe be the landing spot of that but, right. but where where it docks the banana boat exactly you could you could go get Carmelo Anthony you can yeah. go get Paul George like right. there there are plenty of things they could do that obviously the Knicks have to be able to feel like they're getting something in return and, right. and get a PR win and the whole Indiana thing is going to be pretty you know pretty fluid in terms of like what they're what they're going to be willing to take for Paul George um over the next I would think like couple of weeks but hopefully not couple of months because I feel like the longer they wait the less likely they are to get a a high return for him. I was stunned they didn't trade him on draft night. That I mean, look, I don't think it was a great trade package, but if you can get Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle and right. two late first round picks, right. That might be way maybe, better than what you get later maybe on. Maybe you can even dump a Monte Ellis. I right, mean, I know exactly. they don't, because yeah. they're, they're not, they don't, as much as they would like to lose Luol Deng, yeah. and they obviously made a big trade to lose uh, Timothy Mozgov's contract, like, if you could get rid of a piece that you don't want to pay for a year or two right. years or whatever, you can do that, and yeah. that still is going to make your life easier. And then, yeah, if you can get a young player back, Julius Randle's not a great player. He's solid, like, but he's he, better than no player. Right, exactly. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson, I don't know what happened to his trade value. Apparently, he's just hated around the league. At least that seems to be the yeah, rumor. And he's got like a very nice, like his contract's like twelve a year or something like right, that. Like for a guy who can score the way he does, right, that's a nice a contract. Brilliant shooter. Yeah, but that's a contract that I think you're going to be fine with. And he's still young. He's right. still going to get better. So I, I was surprised a little bit the Clarkson news that, that apparently nobody wants him. I'm not sure I totally buy it. Uh, but but yeah, I was surprised because it just gets harder to deal. And plus, I think I don't know if 
general managers are getting sauced on draft night. Right. They're just like a little freer making moves. And they're just like, they've sold themselves on all the work they've done in the draft yeah. that they wanted to pay off by saying, this is the guy I really think we got to get. And I will give up that one extra piece that I'll do on this one magical draft night a year that I won't do when I kind of recollect myself right. and my nerves aren't shot because I'm worried about what's happening on draft night. I think that's generally the best time to get a deal made. And Indiana didn't do it. And now every day I think the passes, Paul George probably gets a little bit less value. I mean, I think the hope is that teams will feel like uh, – the hope for Indiana is that teams will get in a bidding war in terms of trades, right? right? Like Boston will come come and say, look, we can get Gordon Hayward if we get Paul George. Right. You know, you lose a little bit of leverage when you're Boston in that situation. Right. Um, you, Houston may hope like – you know, all right, we can bring Paul George into Chris Paul and James Harden. Like, this is our big three. This is how we go after the Warriors. Maybe we need to give up, a, you know, an extra pick or something like that. The right. Lakers may feel like, uh oh, if he goes to one of these teams, you know, we may not get him next summer. And it certainly ma- matters what the Lakers value of their pieces. You know, do the Lakers think that Julius Randle is a part of their future one way or another? They may not. And right. so. Moving him now or moving him in six months just might not matter to them at all because they say, we've got Lonzo Ball. We really believe we're going to get Paul George right. in 12 months anyways. Let's not do something stupid because Julius Randle, again, let's say the Jazz lose Gordon Hayward and they lose a couple of these pieces and it doesn't make sense to have a good veteran on your roster and, and pick any number of yeah. players. But then all of a sudden the Jazz say, look, we could use the young power forward and a guy like Julius Randle might fit what we want to do. We can put the ball on the floor a little bit, whatever. Right, he can pass. He yeah. might be a shooter. So let's give up an asset. Let's yeah. give up a the the Oklahoma City pick next year right. and whatever contract, Joe Ingles, whatever you pay him this year, because they have Paul George all of a sudden and they have Lonzo Ball and they could use a guy uh, like like Joe Ingles to come right. in and help them win. And then you've got an actual asset back. Right. Maybe that's why they're being smart by sitting on it and there's value there for the Lakers. So with the with the Chris Paul trade, do you feel like do you feel like there's a a likelihood of a downside here because I have two concerns. One, I'm not totally concerned with James Harden and Chris Paul coexisting because I think they're both very good off the ball. They're both very good shooters. Like they can, I I think they can make it work. I think my concern is one, the, the Chris Paul experience for James Harden. Like we know how Blake Griffin feels about it. We know how DeAndre Jordan. Apparently nobody likes Chris Paul. Maybe that's a secret around the NBA, but it doesn't seem like anyone likes him. It's like, Carmelo, LeBron, Wade. Those are the only the guys that like guys, him. Right, yeah. exactly. And I feel like he was either on the front or the back of the banana. Right, like he he's wasn't not right. Even no, he's close not in the middle. To the rest of the guys. Exactly. Um, so I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's one thing to experience this during Team USA. It's like, hey, I love playing with this guy. It's yeah. another thing for 82 games plus playoffs, right? right? So there's that concern. For me, stylistically, I don't, I don't worry about it except for the pace of it because Chris Paul has had his right meniscus removed, you know, years ago. Do you need those? Uh, it, te- it typically good to have helps. Both. Yeah, it's good to have both. One is better than none. Right. None is trouble. Right. None is real trouble. Um, that's a Brandon Roy situation. But right. he's had he's had his meniscus removed. Like he likes being kind of a control freak. He likes being a slow it down guy. At this point, the Clippers the last two years were uh you know bottom half of the league. They were seventeenth each year in pace. You know, like he's not a running gun type of guy. And nope. I know D'Antoni in the in the Rockets they. They push the ball ahead by really throwing it ahead a lot. You right. know, it's not this like get and go, sure, right? Sure. But it's just a lot more wear and tear on Chris Paul. And so I don't like the idea of him playing in an up tempo system at what is he, like 32 or he's whatever? He's 32 years old. Yeah. Just he's, barely turned 32, so he's not an old 32, but and, he's still 32. And if you're going to keep him, you're going to keep him for five years, $200 million. Right. And you're paying him at 36 years old, you're paying him $45 million. Right. Like that, I mean, I just, those are my concerns of is he going to be able to hold up? For 82 games plus playoffs in this system. Here's the good thing. 
if you're Houston, and let's say it doesn't work at all this year. Sure. You lose him for what? He signed somewhere else next year, yeah. and you lost him. What did you actually lose? Yeah, Lou, a year of Lou Williams. But you were going to lose anyways next year. Right. Patrick Beverly's okay. He's fine. But he's he, But was he going to be your long-term point guard? Probably not. Yeah, and he's not going to... He's not a guy that you can't replace. Right. He's a good player. He shoots Sam, 40% Sam from Sam Decker might be nice. May, maybe. Yeah, he also I've been waiting for him to be nice, though. I, mean, for, yeah. I waited for Joel Alexander to be a good player for a long <laughs> right. time, too. And um, it never happened. Yeah, a 2018 pick. Okay, you know. But again, you're probably... Worst-case scenario with Chris Paul and James Harden, you're the... Worst-case scenario, you're the sixth-best team in the West, and you're picking 20th overall. Right. Who went 20th this year? Nobody knows. <laughs> Already in the draft was last week. It's like DJ Wilson. Right. Okay, you gave up DJ Wilson yeah. to get Chris Paul for a year. Right. Fine. Yeah. And the Darryl- Jazz gave up Torian Prince to get George Hill for 49 games or whatever it yeah. was this year. Like, that's okay. Daryl Morey, pretty good at acquiring draft picks, too. And so, then you can always go yeah. out and, and fix it. And you've got James Harden. Right. So you have to put those guys around him. I love the move. I, I think you have to do it. Uh, I worry that the Clippers just might never be good again. Well, here's the interesting thing to me is... It kind of, I get why Blake Griffin would leave. It also kind of behooves him to stay. Yeah. And like, you get to be the guy, because this, be this has been the struggle of like, you get to the playoffs, you get to these crunch time moments, and Blake, who had an amazing playoffs until they collapsed against the, the Rockets a couple of years ago, right? right. But like, triple doubles, beats right. the Spurs, right. you know, all this, like, he had an amazing playoffs. He wasn't really allowed to be the guy late in games because Chris Paul is a control freak. And so like, can you, can you build right. something in the interim, where you surround him with shooters, except it sounds like JJ Reddick has, has wants no right. business has no business in re-signing yeah. with the Clippers. But can you build something with shooters, a vertical threat with uh, DeAndre Jordan, and and let Blake not be a point forward, but be the main facilitator within the half court? Like I think there's something interesting Absolutely. there. It's just like he also may just want to go to South Beach. Yeah, he may not care right that much. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's just kind of the guy. You yeah. know, that's just kind of how he is. I don't know how much Doc Rivers cares anymore about being wherever he is. He always how? seems to have a foot in Orlando He's or He's got to be gone. At this point. Well, yeah, they brought in a new general manager right. or whatever Jerry West's yeah. quasi-title like, wouldn't is. You, wouldn't you go hire David Griffin? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and but say, why like, isn't anyone doing it? The Knicks needed, should have done it right. the, the second they fired Phil right. Jackson. Well, they're trying to get Masai Ujiri because right. James Dolan was like, oh, that guy's destroyed me on two trades. I'd right. like to bring him in. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. Befriend your enemies. But right. uh, I, I guess I, I guess my fear with the Clippers is that they're going to lose Blake Griffin this offseason because yeah. for mean, some probably. reason either Gordon Hayward sticks around or, or, or Blake Griffin says, yeah, I either going to go to Boston because they're going to give me this or right. I'm going to go to Miami and I'm going to go live in Miami because I want to live in a cool city like that. Right. And I'm that type of guy. And – there's no better year to get away from the Clippers than right after they trade Chris Paul. Yeah. Like, that's a good time to get away. Yeah. You can even blame Austin Rivers if you want to. Right. That narrative has been started. And you can just piggyback on that and just say, like, I don't want to say that's what it was. Right. but And you can do that. And yeah. I don't think anyone would hate Blake Griffin for leaving. And then, man, the Lakers are on the upswing all of a sudden. Yeah. When they were the, the LOL Lakers is right. what we like to t- talk about them as. And they're not that anymore. All of a sudden, they have Lonzo Ball, who I think is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge. They're the him. top destination for Paul George coming up next offseason. Right. Even though I think we've had a really bad two weeks of Magic Johnson. <laughs> we've already gotten really bad General Magic Magic Johnson in two weeks for everything he gave up, including wow. D'Angelo Russell, who apparently he just like, hated. Right. He just had a personal beef with D'Angelo Russell, which is awesome. Yeah. I like Brooke Lopez. I think he's a good player. Yeah, but... I think he actually like helps them be pretty solid next sure. year. Like, I don't think sure. they're anything close to a playoff team, depending on what happens this offseason. But off maybe season, they win... But... 
30 games, 32 right. games, and I'm and, okay with and, that team going 20, 30, and then you hope to get to 40. And, and getting into 30 wins may help them keep their pick. Right. You know, I mean, right. it's... Right. It, it's not horrible. Right. I thought they could have gotten more for D'Angelo Russell. I thought he had value, but then again, they shed... Right. Oh, I'm sorry. It would keep Boston from getting their pick. Uh, right, right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yes, exactly what you mean. Uh, but they shed $50 million or yeah. whatever it was now in Timothy Mozgov. Uh, and they got uh, they got a serviceable player back in Brook Lopez. Yeah, he's a he's, starting center. He's I mean he was really good. Not even just like oh he's a good player on a bad team. He's a good player. Yeah, and yeah. It, if worst case scenario, you might only be renting him for a little bit. Yeah. But worst case scenario, if you decide like he likes being in Los Angeles right. and he doesn't necessarily need another hundred and twenty million dollar contract and right. wants to win with Paul George next year, well you'll take him. Yeah. Then you'll have a good center. And you're fine there, and then they ended up getting another second round or another late first round pick, right? right? Plus LeBron's coming, right? And then maybe you hope you, you get LeBron, right? That's okay. I thought Magic Johnson was a little bit excited, it's a little, see, I little mean, personal. It but seems that's like okay. to give up D'Angelo Russell, whatever you think of him as a prospect, he's still a pretty good prospect. Absolutely. To it's give a second him overall up, pick a couple years ago, to give him up to get rid of Timothy Mozgov's contract, right? That seems like a lot. Yeah, I agree. And the nice thing is, though, for the Lakers, I guess one place we need to tip their hat, they didn't just say like. It sounds like Paul George is going to end up in Cleveland. Right. Let's give up Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle right, exactly. and all of our assets just to get this one guy yeah. or the number two pick. They're, they're like, we know we're taking Lonzo Ball. That's our point guard. Right. We don't really need D'Angelo anymore. I, I would have given up Brandon Ingram if I absolutely felt like sure. uh, this was my opportunity to get Paul George. And if he goes somewhere else, he's going to stay there and he's going to sign a long-term or extend right. his contract. I don't feel like that's the case right now. So I think you're okay still having Brandon Ingram because, again— now, if you can go out and bring in Paul George next year, and you really think like there's a chance to get LeBron, and you've already got Lonzo Ball, right? Okay, trade Brandon Ingram and get that next piece, which is what what Boston has done. Go so get well. that power forward. Go get that center. Whatever, go get whatever you, need. you need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and and that's what Boston has done really well. Now they've got these extra trade pieces where if they sign that superstar, they can trade those young pieces to get a new superstar. Here's the problem though with Boston is they don't make any trades that actually bring in players. Right. They just keep reshuffling right. they assets. They just kick the can. They're, they're I, can yeah. kickers. I, I get it. Like you're, ju- you're acquiring more assets, and eventually you're going to flip them and, and get that guy. I'm still waiting for them to get that guy. Danny Ainge is just dangling the carrot. Like, you were supposed to get Jimmy nonstop, Butler But he's dangling year. his own carrot. That's right. the problem with yeah. Danny Ainge. He's dangling from himself. He's like, oh, I want a carrot. Right. <laughs> How do and I he, get this carrot? He never gets it. Yeah. <laughs> he just keeps, keeps reaching. Yeah, he's a Bugs Bunny cartoon at this point. Right. Like, that's what he is. Right. Um but you, you, you're supposed to get Jimmy Butler a year ago. You're supposed to get Paul George this year. If you, like, if you don't sign Gordon Hayward yeah. and you don't trade for Paul George and you don't get Blake Griffin, right? What have you done? Like, That's, I get man. you keep acquiring, a, like, you get another pick and you have the Brooklyn pick and all this stuff, but eventually you have to stop taking the same position in the draft every year. You like Jason Tatum better than I did. Yeah, he's okay. He's all right. He's all. Right. I love his body. He might be like, a four. I get. Why people like everything he does. I, I get, like, physically, I, yeah. I get the profile. I understand how he fits. And still, every time I watched him, I just never saw him, like, jump out to me to the point where I was like, I got to have that guy. The way Lonzo did, the way right. Markel Fultz did, even Josh Jackson does at times. I mean, there are guys you watch and they're just like, oh my gosh, I got to get that guy. Yeah. He never quite did that for me. And maybe I just missed the games where he did it most, but he never quite did that for me. Jimmy Butler does that in the NBA every night. Yeah. <laughs> Trade for him! <laughs> right. And you got him for two years! Right. And there's a good chance he at, signs with you again. Yeah, you have him for two years at like $18 million a year, which yeah. now for a top 10 to 15 player in the league, that's an incredible value. Right. right. Sure, eventually you're going to have to pay him and $140 the Bulls million. Got nothing for him. Right. The Bulls had the, got the worst. They got Zach Levine, who's coming off a, an ACL injury, who I think is, I think is good, and I think is a special shooter, and I think will be a good score in this league, but he's not Jimmy Butler. And he's not going to be Jimmy Butler. Huge question marks about right. that knee and his athleticism. And right. yeah, yeah, even if he just becomes a great shooter, you got something there. And I right. like Markin way more than a lot of people did. Sure, he's I don't, solid. Like he I can don't shoot. love him if you're building around him. 
I like him right. as an addition to a more proven piece, right. which is why I thought he made sense in Minnesota because yeah. he could have been that third or fourth guy. Chris, but, Chris Dunn like can play defense. Ooh. Like he's like not even good for a rookie. He is a good defender. Sure, but but what else? He's one of the worst offensive players I've right. seen. Right. So like, that's he's so bad. He's a huge question mark. Right. Mark and, and regardless of how much you like a guy coming out of college, yeah. there are a question mark. And you gave up the 16th pick. And you, like, I just could like when I when which I actually didn't love when, when uh, the, Justin Patton. They love his passing and they love his athleticism, okay. and that's what they're hoping. Okay. Like and to to develop him with their D-league, new D League team, all this stuff. Like there were some pieces there that I thought. Made oh, there were better. There were better players right for away. sure. That it, but there. they must have right. seen something they liked. But it's the Timberwolves. They're not going to do it perfect. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> There's always going to be something. This, that's about as good as the Timberwolves yeah. get. That wasn't in, that's to as get, good a trade as you can make to get a mid first round pick and Jimmy Butler for and that not give up for that hall. Yeah, which I like because if you feel like you have to get rid of Wiggins later, he still has value because he scores twenty points a game. Exactly. Yeah, you gave up your lower level pieces right. that are valuable still without giving up so and much. And Jimmy Butler gave up his phone number today, which is great. Which is why he, he was Jimmy talking Butler. to people. That guy really did remove the rearview mirrors off his window, uh, <laughs> off his car, because like now he's giving out his phone number. If he's giving out his phone number, he definitely doesn't look behind when he he's took driving. An axe, yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't have a doesn't even have a turn signal <laughs> right. in his car. He posted a picture on Instagram of him cheating at cards. Carl Anthony Towns just holding his cards out there on a on a private plane, and he's just looking at it, and he posts like. His caption was something like, keep your family close and your cards closer, Carl Towns. Right. He's, I, I think it's He's already teaching. I thought it was a, I thought that was a brilliant move yeah. by the Timberwolves. And now all of a sudden, they're in conversations to go get other guys. Like yeah. Paul Millsap might want to go play there or Kyle Lowry might right. want to go play there. And nobody's ever wanted to go play in Minnesota ever, even when they had KG. Their best signing is Kevin Martin. Right. That, their second best signing like, was an illegal deal for Joe Smith. Half dead Kevin. Right. Yeah, no, this isn't like Sacramento Kings, Kevin. <laughs> right, Martin. this is first year out. Right, yeah. So that's uh, I, there were two really good deals made, and the two teams that ended up with a superstar. Andy, you're not coming in and jumping on the show right away. I don't even think his mic's Andy on. Andy just got here. Yeah, I'm not turning your mic on. <laughs> Andy rolls in here, 24 minutes late to the show, and thinks he's going to get in and, put, and crack the mic. Uh, we'll give you a couple minutes here, Andy. We'll let you. Zach and I are talking. Uh, I thought the two superstars moving were great. I think it's yeah. fun for the NBA, and I think we're going to have a really good free agency, which we will talk about with Andy when he decides to join I'm us. all in on chaos, especially when it comes to an offseason. Just Absolutely. bring the chaos, and we've had a lot of it so they far. They should do a fantasy draft every offseason. They should just put everyone back in a pool, right. and the first 10 picks all get $40 million, yeah. and then the next 10 picks get $30 million, and you just work your way down. Right, and, and it's just like new rosters every you, year. you get drunk, and you play NBA 2K, and you go, right. you know what, I'm going to fantasy draft the league. Right. That's what I'm going to do right now. And then you fall asleep halfway through and you end up with right. like Phil four Jackson. Tony Allens. That's, and how, Phil that's Jack- how Phil Jackson did build the mix. Right. That's how you make $60 million. That's how you make $60 million in the NBA. All right. Uh, it's the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN <laughs> 700. We're going to take a quick break. Andy Larson will join us when we get back. We'll talk a little more Gordon Hayward. And we haven't talked about the draft yet. We haven't talked about these new guys that the Jazz have added. And I'm excited about them. Let's talk about them. That's coming up next, ESPN 700. Yeah. The home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Back into the Salt City Hoops show. Andy Larson finally here. Sorry, everyone. but um, You're not Ben Anderson. You're not me. Ben Anderson, Zach Harper, is. Uh, they, they probably did a better job than I did hosting the show in, anyway. Um, talking about the trades that have happened, the superstar trades in the NBA. Oh. In that first segment, but now I want to get into what the Jazz are up to. Okay, um, we're up to a lot, especially Gordon Hayward, because right, like that's that's the thing. Sure, <laughs> there's kind of a lot of Gordon Hayward. Much stuff. like we just heard from Drake talking about Jumpman, up to something. They're up to something. Yeah, 
The Jazz are? The Jazz. And Gordon. And Gordon. I mean, both are up I to something. I would say almost the entire league Everyone, up to something. Yeah. If you're not up to something, you probably, well, there are actually a surprising number of teams that don't have a general manager right now. Right. But <laughs> uh, regardless. Yeah. Those, those guys are up to something. <laughs> I don't trust those guys the most. Um, but, yes, the Jazz are obviously trying to resign Gordon Hayward, and they're they're making moves in order to try, the, try to make that happen. But I, I thought one thing we could do right now um, and, and kind of throughout the show is – Look at the decision Gordon Hayward's going to be making this weekend. You know, and he's he's got these meetings with Miami, Boston, and Utah in that order. Miami Saturday, Boston Sunday, the Jazz Monday, and kind of look at how these pitchers are going to go, what the pros and cons are for each side. Sound good? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, You're driving the ship. Should we now, start? Andy. Should we start with Miami? Should we start with Boston, Utah? Let's, what let's do you guys go think? in order of the teams he's meeting with. Right. In order. Let's do it. Let's do so. Miami's first. Miami's on Saturday. There's old a, Pat Riley. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Everyone I talk to says never count out old Pat Riley. Uh, you know who started counting him out? LeBron, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, Dwayne Not the Wade first time, though. Counted him Not out, the though. first time, but after they were with him for a while. That's the thing. Is So does Gordon get that like initial awe of Pat Riley where he's got but however many rings he has on all knuckles and, yeah. you know, I mean, punch Gordon him in the face? I don't know knows the history Riley of the league. Is. I'm sure he will be in awe of Pat Riley. I don't know if he'll be in awe of wanting to play with Hassan Whiteside and Goran Dragic. Right. Yeah, uh, Pat Riley, I mean, he got a max contract offer from Michael Jordan last time he did this, so Pat Riley's cool. He's not Michael. Right. You know, Pat Riley's, you know, kind of the godfather. He's one of those guys. I mean, Colangelo was one of those guys who might be cool. Larry Bird, when you meet him the first time, he's probably nice. But he's, you know, Gordon has $100 million now and knows everybody and has talked to Michael Jordan in a closed room and had Michael offer him whatever it was, $60 million at the time. Pat Riley at some point loses his luster, and again... He lost Dwayne Wade, who yeah. is Miami basketball more than anyone's ever been Miami well, basketball. And he's lost Chris Bosh now due to a medical reason, but sure. like Chris Bosh doesn't want anything to do with him right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. And I, I don't know that Pat Riley has that cachet with someone who's 27 years old. I mean, I think the strength of Miami's pitch is not here's what you're joining. It's here's what we will get to join you. Right, right. And we believe we can do it. Right, because we've done it before. Right. And I, you know, I think that's that's fair. You, I think you have to say who those guys are. Right? Oh, for, oh! I think they do. Like, I think so they who, go who in there with who, who's their assistant GM? Uh, Andy Ellsberg is yeah. their is their cap guy. Like, I think they go in there and they say, "Here is our five year plan. We want you to sign for four years. Here is here is what we expect to be the next time you're a free agent." So, what? Who do they sign? Because they're not signing LeBron. I mean, LeBron's not going back to Miami. Right? Exactly. Uh, no well, one actually, else... I don't know how much cap space do they have. Do we know if they have two max? They don't do they? have anything. They can clear up to close to a two max, but they have to really like cull some stuff. So they have to, you know, get rid of Dragic. They, they're going to have to right. get rid of pieces at that point. Right. So maybe they could end up with Blake and Gordon Hayward, which is appealing. If which you is fine. have Hassan yeah. Whiteside there, that's that's good. Their biggest strength is three things, I think: Pat Riley, Spolstra. Miami. How mad would Rudy Gobert be if Gordon left to go play with Hassan oh, Whiteside? Oh, I couldn't wait for those two games. <laughs> I could not wait for those two games every year. Rudy that would, would be, be amazing. Ups- yeah. Oh, Rudy would have upset. Yeah. a 45-25-10 game the next time they played. I mean, Rudy, Rudy would like bring hell down right. across Miami, like the worst hurricane they've ever seen yeah. in Rudy Gobert. It would be it'd be pretty remarkable. Uh, I'd also throw in there no state sales tax. Sure. So, you know, yeah, the tax haven part the, of it. The tax haven's nice thing. You can probably make more money 
you know, even though the Jazz can offer more money yearly because of the raises, sure. he's going to keep more of that money in Miami than anywhere else. Right. Uh, and then, you, you know. You wouldn't be living in the cold. Right. And it's warm and Robin likes warm weather. Maybe the right. family likes that. that. Yeah. yeah. And the kids would like that, too. You want to take your kids to the beach? beach. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Gordon is, you know, fair-skinned. Yeah. Maybe sunburns. Maybe he does. We know from, <laughs> was it the L.A. game? Like, oh, right. second rookie year or right. second season where it was just like, Gordon, you're very clearly sunburned yeah. right now, which <laughs> does not, it would Shouldn't suck to play to basketball. Yeah. yeah. Suck to play NBA basketball while that like can't be very sunburned. But yeah. those are those are the things. And if you want to say Miami, I just include with being a tax haven. But yeah, it's it's Riley, it's Spolstra, and it's Miami being able to live in Miami. And then I think you even get to the point where they're saying, "Yeah, we want to win." Because I actually think of the three teams that he's talking to, Miami is the least close to winning right now. Right. Yeah, they weren't a playoff team. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, they're they're going to try to figure out how. Like their big thing is trying to figure out how to get Gordon Hayward and keep Deion Waiters and James Johnson. Like, that's their big offseason, sure. which is fine. It's not bad. James Johnson, awesome utility player, right? Yeah. Deion Waiters, I love him. Deion, yeah, but does Gordon want to play? Right. With... Well, that's a great question. I mean, he was he was great the second half of this season, but he was in a contract year and he's Deion Waiters. Uh, I don't want to ask you guys this. I want Okay, I want you guys to put, you guys are both basketball guys and really well in touch with everybody and you know the league really well. If I were to ask casual NBA fan, Who's the best player on the Miami Heat? Who do you think they'd say? I think they'd say LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's probably the best answer. And that's true. They'd say Dwayne Wade or LeBron. Right. Yeah. Once you like showed them a roster and said, pick the best player there, who would they pick? I. You might get that's a great four question. different names. Yeah. Yeah. And Okay, not that that's how Gordon Hayward's going to choose it, but you don't have that one thing you're pointing to. Right. You don't have that one guy who you're pointing to that says, he's going to help me or I'm going to help him. Right. Because it's not waiters. It's not Whiteside. Like if, if you do that with Boston, I think a lot of people go, Isaiah Thomas still plays? Right. I yeah. think they would just right. think he's the other one. But at least Boston has, Gordon Hayward's going to know, like, they've got an all-star, they've got a 30-point per game right. score, they've got all these other opportunities. You don't want to play with them. But Miami they, but absolutely doesn't have that. Yeah. And I think that's a real weakness. That's why I think Miami is the weakest yeah. uh, challenger to sign Gordon Hayward of all three teams. Yeah. And I, I'm surprised at the level that you, you talk to people from Miami and they think that they can get him. You know, they're, Miami is they're, a very confident fan base, especially after 2010, where well, they think they could get. They think they, they probably think they can get LeBron in 2018. Not even yeah. the fan base, though. I'm talking about like agents and those sort of things who who talk that, to I, Miami. That Heat. is a respect to Pat Riley. I think yeah. while LeBron soured on him and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh all soured on him, <laughs> I do think like this is, you know, Pat Riley's done it before, and and there is a very much thing in this league of if you've done it before, they believe you can do it again. Yep, fair. You know how to do it. Yeah, Boston, Boston, Sunday. So yeah, meet with them Sunday. Uh, obviously, the Brad Stevens thing is number one. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Be... Do we, okay, you guys believe that? You believe Brad Stevens is the number one thing? I I honestly... I believe I believe being in the East is the number one thing. Okay. And I think just the the tools that they have to build something really magnificent. Right. I think that's the number one thing. Right. Which is scary because we all said three different things that could legitimately be number one things. Right. And yeah. Gordon Hayward could like all of them. There are a lot. I mean, not from Gordon's camp. There are a lot of people who just assume. Like smart people in the league who just assume that Gordon is going to Boston. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, and, it, like it is a foregone conclusion. And it's it's you know the Vegas betting markets have have the Celtics favored to sign right. Gordon Hayward. Uh, I mean, yeah, you you talk to a lot of people who just kind of assume he's gotten, and, and it's not just Boston people, right? Um, and and you get why. I mean, you, you, we mentioned the there's I think there's a real chance of a higher upside because of all the future good picks they've got right. from the Lakers pick. To, and, and there's the rumor that you know if they sign Gordon, they 
they will have a trade in place for Paul George. Right. Yeah. Now, Which, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But they but. have the pieces. They, oh, they yeah. absolutely have the pieces. They can get it done if, yeah. if they want Crowder, to. Crowder, Bradley, Tatum if you want to get rid they of also, them. Yeah, they honestly have the pieces to go get Paul George and then go get someone else because they right. have so many draft picks. They've yeah. got, yeah, the well, they've got, is it the Lakers pick that they have now? Yeah, yeah. it's like two to five protected. Right, it's weird. Something like that. But they've got a Memphis pick. They've got a Clippers pick. I mean, they are stacked. Right. With, yeah. and, Bro- and, then and they've Brooklyn. got a Brooklyn pick. Yeah. And then they've got most of their own picks. Right. So they are, it is ridiculous what Danny Ainge has built there. Yeah. Again, the question is, does he ever just decide to spend his money? No. Right. No, he, he never, not. he never he flips them. I can't believe, like, there was that report in the Boston Herald today that said that they, the, the Celtics still felt that the Pacers were asking for too much for, for Paul George. And to me, that, that declined the likelihood of that they have a trade already set up. It's because they asked they for Terry Rozier, sure. who is untouchable, yeah, exactly. apparently. <laughs> Like at some point, just do some. Uh, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm frustrated for Celtics fans. They should have traded for Jimmy Butler. Going back to our Absolutely. first segment, yeah. because I'm a, if I'm a Jazz fan, I'm way more afraid that Hayward leaves for Boston because they already have Jimmy Butler, right? And they mm-hmm. still have Isaiah Thomas, and then they still have whatever Nets pick or Lakers pick or Al whatever. Still a coming good player, up. like right? Yeah. They still, they have a lot. Once they still have all those pieces, yeah. Plus Jimmy Butler and Isaiah Thomas is way stronger than saying, "Hey Gordon, we're going to get you," and then we're going to have to, like you said, lost our leverage, but we still have to go out and now get either Blake Griffin or get Paul George, right. and we might lose a couple more of those pieces than we want to. And right. Paul George expires next year, right? Like yeah. you, ha- yeah. you, it's going to be difficult to get him to extend anything if he will at all. So, like, I, I couldn't believe when he went on Boston Radio and said Danny Ainge went on Boston Radio and said that they weren't close to getting yeah. Jimmy Butler. Like that offer was not a incredible offer. No. That was that was a you might have been the, able to give up three and get sixteen back with Jimmy Butler. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> that that may have gotten it done. Yeah, if you do, yeah, three for sixteen and and three and Jay Crowder for or Marcus Smart, right, or Bradley, right. and really? you're fine with those. I mean, right, Bradley, because, I might not. No, but Bradley's going to be a free agent next year, right? You know, next summer, like he like, and he'll get twenty million a year. So yeah, you're gonna pay get, Avery Bradley twenty million a year? Probably not. And he's getting a little too greedy. And I think he is, and it, and it can yeah. come back and bite you. Yeah, I disagree uh, with one of your cons here. Okay, which you one? say harsh media environment. Yeah, with the Boston radio, there is a bit of a harsh radio environment. There's a harsh media environment. With everything else, it is nothing but softballs and praise. Okay, I think it's one of the weakest media markets in terms of criticism of players. All all the writers do is pump up like how beautiful it is to watch Terry Rozier rebound a basketball. <laughs> like that's all you like. Every every young player on there is a future all star. Every yeah. everyone is untouchable. Like I think if Gordon Hayward goes there. And he is seventy five percent of what he was last year. He's he's getting his you know number in the rafters. It's yeah, funny, I, like, I, I think we right. may confuse the fact that Boston like is kind of this insular like they just look out for each other because right. they love the Patriots and they love the Red Sox and they hate everyone else. Right. We think that means they hate their own people. No, they no, love their they own love people. Boston. Yeah, they love the South Side of yeah, Boston. Exactly, and or they I hate think, everyone else. I think that can turn sometimes. You know, like we, we've got the Red Sox game on TV right now, and sure. you, you talk to uh, people who follow the Red Sox. Heck, I you know I was I was a Red Sox fan growing up. Like, and I just remember these players like like Manny Ramirez and that would get these for whatever reason media vendettas the, against them. But they hadn't won. That's also true. They That's hadn't the won, thing. and yeah. there are so many bands. And now, now that they've hanging. won, yeah. yeah, now now they've won a couple of times. Like it's Doesn't fine. Yeah. The, the Celtics, granted, haven't won in ten years. But they're the most storied NBA franchise, right? Yeah. Like, I just think I don't think that's a thing that he would have to worry about. Also, do you think Gordon's going to go and let him down? He's no, just a he's, great real, player. he's really good. <laughs> like, what would Gordon Hayward have to do to not live up to whatever contract? What you if they're not to? better next year? You know, if if they don't have Paul George, but it's not. But I think everyone understands it's not about being better. It's about being the next team yeah. in the okay. East. It's being the next team once LeBron is done dominating. Right. 
that can go out and do this. So if, they, if, if they you go lose out to LeBron, next year, if you lose to LeBron, that's still okay, right? It's that's always going to be okay. okay. It's even, even if you lose in four or five games again, well, you probably got to get to six games. But even then, you lost to LeBron. It's right. just it's okay. It's LeBron. Okay. Not in five years, but for the next two years, it's okay. Because I wrote this for FanRag real quick um, yeah. today about Gordon Hayward. This is his efficiency in these synergy categories. Ninth in the NBA in, as a pick-and-roll ball handler. 26 out of 97 as a spot-up scorer. Fourth out of, out of 17, in ter- and these are all with like minimum possessions. Mm-hmm. He was fourth in the NBA in off-screen scoring. Second in transition scoring. Third in cutting score. Like He's he's the most efficient scorer in the NBA. Yeah, That's not Kevin Durant. Right. Like, he's really great. It, it's incredible yeah. how across the board he is. Like, there are some very efficient scorers who can do it at a high level in some of, some of the categories, sure. but not across the board. Like, across the board. Like, the only thing he's not really that good at is posting up, and no one posts up anymore. Yeah, I mean, he'll definitely fit in whatever yeah. place he goes and Absolutely. immediately, yeah. you know, bring five wins or whatever it is to right. that team. Um, and he's going to three variations of the same coach in Spolstra. He's going to three uh, brilliant coaches. And Quinn Snyder. Yeah. I mean, those three are, if you were to do a brat pack of NBA coaches right, right now, it's probably those three guys. They're, inc- they're incredible. Yeah. Like, everyone around the league thinks these guys are beyond brilliant. Because if you're talking about the older guys, you know, Pop, and, right. and some right. of these guys that have been around a long time, of course, go take Pop. Right. <laughs> yeah, I will take Popovich as my coach. But these young, kind of hip guys, yeah. he's in there. You know, yeah. all I, three I, of these guys are the same guy. I don't know that any team has a coach advantage. You know, you mentioned Derek Spolstra, but... It, I think he's probably sure. the, the least compelling coach out of the three. Which is an incredible Which thing is, to say. Right. It's true, and it's and He's it's also incredible. got a ring, and none of the rest of the coaches have that. Yeah, true. Uh, I also mentioned colder winters in Utah, so if you're... Very cold. The, Miserable winters. If you're picking on weather, and you know there may be some indications that his family wants the warm weather, then yeah. Miami would be your, your one warm weather a option real, out of the three. A real muggy spring in Miami. Huh. Real okay. muggy. Good to know. Yeah. Close to Indiana, though. Close to home. Yeah. Closer. Closer to close, Indiana. But, closer. But the... The winters are amazing. In, in Miami. In Miami. Oh, it's, like, it's, like 80 deg- yeah. <laughs> it's like 80 degrees and no humidity. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, is playing with Isaiah Thomas a con? Probably. I mean, that that's... It depends on how Isaiah chooses to curb his game. Like, right now, he has no reason to curb his game. Which we got to talk about the draft, because I, I, I just have such a huge bone to pick with trading Markel Fultz. And holding on to Isaiah Thomas. Well, okay, we'll talk. Uh, we're talking about the Celtics. I think. He, I think. Oh, we we, need to take a we break? have to go to a break. We have to, we go, to, a break. have to go to a break. Yeah. All right, we'll go to a break. We'll talk more about the draft and and Markel Fultz and yeah. everything else next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, Salt City Hoop Show, Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, and Zach Harper with you. This is actually, very sadly, Zach Harper's last segment on the show. I've been fired. Because, yes, you've been fired and been banished to Los yeah. Angeles Yeah, by our choice. Yeah, I'm not even allowed to live here anymore. It's it's really rude of us. It is. I, it felt extreme. Well, you fair, know. Fair but extreme. You know what you did. <laughs> sure. Um... Do you want to tell people why you're leaving and what you're doing and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I can't say everything that I'm doing yet because okay. not everything is finalized, but uh, I am going there to live and to work. And work. And you're work. doing what most people do. Yeah, Seems I'm going there to live and work. Just and, in Los uh, Angeles. And uh, I have a pretty cool opportunity coming up that um, will actually require me to be there. Okay. That wasn't the reason, but that's come up in the meantime. Uh, so I'm very excited to be there. Excellent. And uh we're excited know. for you. Yeah. We're glad you stopped through. In the next uh what's today? Uh I would say in the next twelve days we'll have something to announce. Okay. Hopefully. Maybe less. Um now you're 
Are you driving out to L.A. tomorrow? Is that yeah, the deal? Yeah, in a U-Haul truck. Ooh, that'll be fun. So, One day? You stopping in Vegas? Stopping in Barstow. You're not stopping in Vegas? No. <laughs> With uh, a U-Haul truck? Right. <laughs> <laughs> just valet this for me, buddy. <laughs> Bring two U-Haul trucks. Yeah. One that has your stuff and one that you just- and One that I can lose in a bed? Just play in the back of the- Yeah, just open the back. Live out if you have to. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have to. <laughs> after after a few hours there, um, but I'm gonna be ba- I'm coming back Sunday night. Yeah, so, I'll be here for summer league. Okay. I think we'll see you a lot. Yeah, I just can't get that feeling. Right. You're gonna get the Utah bug. You don't think you're gonna get it, but you're gonna get it. That's why Darren Williams wants to come back. Right, exactly. You think you're Gordon? I'm Hayward. a lot like the Darren you're Williams more, of this radio station. You're more ah. Darren Williams than you are Gordon Hayward. More That's than the you realize. Meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the Jerry Sloan in this situation? Or I think the anyone's Hayward. scaring him away? I think anyone's chasing him yeah. off. That's fair. Yeah. It's a better opportunities, just okay. like Darren yeah. Williams. Right, exactly. He thought it was a better opportunity. Yeah. He realized he was wrong. Oh, so God, is this going to be Brooklyn for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll stay. Uh, we wanted to talk about more about Boston's pitch for Gordon Hayward, and in particular the Markel Fultz trade. You, had, you okay. have a rant. Here's what I didn't like. I didn't like the idea because there's, I think there's a huge potential for Boston, whoever they bring in, for that star who's going to be better than Isaiah Thomas, who, whether that's Gordon Hayward or Paul George or Blake Griffin, that at some point they're going to realize they don't like playing with Isaiah Thomas. And he has a fatal flaw on being maybe the worst defensive player in the NBA, right. as good as he is as a scorer. He's so small, and he's such a bad defensive player. Eventually that may become an issue. And now you've kind of hitched your wagon to him without that backup option in Markel Fultz, which would have been perfect. Well, especially when you're paying him forty to $45 right. million dollars at the end of that next contract. So you could have had Markel Fultz, who I think is probably going to be better than Jason Tatum. Right. And then you could have traded Isaiah Thomas in the future. Even if you don't get a player as good as, Isaiah, uh, as Jason Tatum, like you got by trading Markel Fultz, you're still better off. Because you got the better player in the draft, in Fultz, and then you still got whatever piece you get by trading Isaiah Thomas, right. who will have value. Absolutely. I don't believe in Jason Tatum as a prospect that much. You know, like I'm I, with I think you. he'll be I'm with you. a middling NBA player. I don't think he'll be an all-star. I don't think he's a starter. I think he might be a starter. I, I may not be willing to go that far, but I think he'll be an uh, Yeah, I don't think he's a star. That's what star. I'm saying. I don't okay, think he's a sorry. star. I, I just starter. No, he can be a starter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a, a you know a pretty big downgrade between Fultz and and what Tatum will be, but I do think next year's draft is really good. I mean, yeah. people talk about this year's draft as being really good, and I think rightfully so. I think there may be more superstar level talent at the top of next year's. There's draft. also no point guards, but there's right. no point guards in That's like the true. next two drafts. I think right. if you're a high school guy, that kind of this was your year to get a point guard because there was five of them in the top ten, and if you don't, which is why Philly was like, we have to get up to number one, right? Because we got to get. Ball, or we got to get Fultz because they are not coming next year. So that's why they did it. And now I think Boston is going to need a new point guard in a year or two, and they don't have the way they don't have a way to get it because no one's going to trade a point guard to go and get a point guard back in return. You just don't right. see that. That that was a bet. You know that basically they they placed their chips with Isaiah Thomas, and I think that's a mistake. I agree. I think it's a mistake just because I think I think it's difficult to play with him. Not that that can't be remedied, but I think it's difficult to play with him. It just from a sense of like. He averages what, like five assists a game, which is fine. But so did Monte Ellis. Like he would, you know, he's going to get it just from the high volume yep. that he has and the attention he draws. It's do you make people better? I don't think he makes anybody better. I think he's incredible enough that as a scorer that you can make a huge impact. But I don't think he makes players better. Is there another player in the NBA that you would say two years from now, let's say two years, might have the worst contract in the NBA that you're more confident that it would be that per? You would be willing to bet more on it being that guy than you would Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Mozgov, but. 
Well, two years from now, his contract's up, two, right? Yeah, two years from now, he's, he's a year out. Right? Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, two I years guess from now, you expiring. still owe Isaiah Thomas eighty plus million dollars. Okay. He's the smallest. I mean, he could, he might not be as oh, effective anywhere two, near. Two years from now, you you still owe Isaiah Thomas one hundred and forty million. Yeah. Like right. okay, and, yeah. yeah, and then you can't trade him, right? And then you, I mean, that's just. I think there's huge potential maybe, for that. I, yeah, like maybe Paul Millsap, him. the final two years of that contract could be bad. Yeah, that'll be rough if he doesn't learn how to shoot threes. Like that's. But he. Did show he wants to shoot threes. And I think he'll show he'll just continue to move out and keep shooting them. Yeah, but he shot like 32% the yeah, last two years. Sure. <laughs> I kind of wonder how Chris Paul ages in that 38-year $50 million yeah, good for him. amount. But, yeah. make- but I'm going to bet on both Paul Millsap and Chris Paul from character standpoints over... Sure, and, and likability standpoints, even, and which is saying something because they're Chris Paul. Paul. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but I, I really think Isaiah Thomas has had that everywhere he's gone, and that's right. kind of always been the, the knowledge about him why teams have given up on him yeah. early with. The the trade during the draft, I think another reason this this kind of getting back to the Hayward conversation, it kind of delays their time frame a little bit in terms of yeah. having a good team. I mean, obviously a good team, but a, a contending team getting a star in the in the draft pushes it back a year. Well, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Danny Ainge would have taken J- Jason Tatum with the first pick. Well, also, sure. Vladi Divac would have taken De'Aaron Fox with the first pick. Yeah. Oof. Those are the things I heard on draft night. I heard Jazz were huge on Tony Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, yeah. Bradley yeah. was going to the Jazz, and if they end up with the number one pick somehow, <laughs> well, get the, TB. there's this weird thing that like you have to have your core all in the same age range and experience range, mm-hmm. right? To like be built. Like, no, if anything, you want to stagger that out. Yeah, so exactly. bringing in Markel Fultz is brilliant because right. when Gordon's at the end of this contract and he's maybe not what he used to be, Markel Fultz will be hitting a stride, right? Right. You know. And now, if you maybe if you get a younger Michael Porter, then you know, he's sure, like, not he, ready to contribute right. and be a plus. You know, three years down the road, that extra year of having that guy in now probably makes a huge difference in in taking the East from Milwaukee or Philly or whomever. And Boston did get another pick. I don't want to ignore that. Yeah. Say so they, they they did get another pick for next year, and it's a great pick, and it's yeah. potentially a really good pick. Right? Maybe it's not a great pick. It's potentially a really good pick. It should be. Are really you good. are you betting on the Lakers next year? I think they can be better than five. And then that, that thing can fall down to six or they seven. Could be. With uh, like Lonzo's good. Uh, yeah, Lonzo is really Brooke, good. At Brooke basketball. Lopez is a is a good basketball. Julius Randall is going to be at that point you where he starts Brooklyn, like, like winning a couple of games. I, they but they good. have so okay. much more than Brooklyn has. Yeah, that's they true. have so much more, and it's not that good. But they have so much more, and there's no reason for them to be bad next year. Still, so they might go get Paul George. Right? They will be the worst defensive team in the league. Maybe, Maybe. second. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know. I I think they can win. 29 games. Yeah, if they can win, games. I think their goal is 30. And yeah. then it's 2 through 5 protected. So if they don't if they're below 5 then they get the Kings pick the next right. year, right? So I, which again, might be, be what good. 7 yeah. or 10. I mean, you could be talking about a pick at 7, right. which yeah, is okay. who was again, the the it's, good test is who was picked 7 this year. Right. Off the top Marketing. of your head. Okay. I would like to say right, it's not great. The last year and a half been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's what I would say. All I had right. a blast being here. Bye Zach. Zach, thank We're proud you. You're excellent. ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. The, the first Zach Har- post-Zach Harper era segment of kind of, the Salt City Hoops show. I mean, he's kind of been on and off because he traveled during That's all fair. the finals. So it's kind of felt like he's Are been Are you minimizing here. his impact already? I'm like Jimmy Butler, just no rearview mirror, so just don't look back. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Who? What? So no, Zach's the best. Zach's really one of the yeah. best people we've ever met. So 
Um, I was about to tweet this out, but I'll say it on air too. But uh, I, I'm still shocked that he agreed to like when he moved here. He right. agreed to come on and do oh, this he just and every week. And... Bought in, and not everyone buys into Utah. There's a lot of people who have been in this market a long time who still haven't bought into Utah. Right. And Zach did immediately, and everyone wishes them uh, wishes those two the best. So yeah. that'll be great. Uh, let's get back to the Jazz and Gordon Hayward. Okay. And I guess the Celtics and Gordon Hayward, We can Hayward close out too. Boston still. Yeah. Uh, so w- let's let's do a quick recap of, of the pros and cons for Boston. Sure. And we, we went over Miami. Basically, the pros were Pat Riley, Eric, Eric Spolstra, Miami, the city, and then the tax haven. Yes. But otherwise, they're not, not, not going to win a championship this year or next year. Maybe three years from now, they could be in the conversation for an Eastern Conference Finals. But... That's all hypotheticals. There's no real path to get there other than, like, we think we can sign some guys. Right. They don't have the draft picks. You know, you, right. you've got to hope Justice Winslow becomes incredible or something. And it doesn't seem like he's he going to get there. Right. Uh, for Boston, you've got the Brad Stevens thing. You've got a probably a, a really high upside of being a, a legitimate Eastern Conference contender, a, a, an yep. NBA Finals team. You're already an Eastern Conference contender, technically. Yeah. Uh, You've, you're in the Eastern Conference, which means that you're, it's a much easier path to the NBA Finals. Uh, you may have Paul George. You know, you've got the best stockpile of assets in the NBA. Yes, that don't have to be given up just to get you right. at all. In fact, if you're going here, they don't have to do anything to get you. They do have to move like they can cut Kelly Olynyk if they want to. They can uh, waive well, they his, have da- to... his rights, right? Right, but that that's not quite enough to give him a max. So you have to get rid of like. You can't sign Ante Zuzic or something. And sure. Anyway, you have to open up $2 million. Right. Like, they'll be fine. That's easy. Yeah. Uh, it's 2% of your salary cap next year. That's really easy to do. Yeah. Bigger media markets and more attention. Maybe you get more accolades, sure. all-star, all-NBA, those sorts of things. He wouldn't be eligible for that designated player extension because he's moved teams. But, you know, all-NBA is a nice thing for yep. your career and for a, a potential Hall of Fame legacy. Uh, cons? Any other pros? Can you think of any? Uh, other pros... You've got the history of Boston. I mean, Boston okay. is the greatest basketball franchise of all time with the Lakers, and that means something. If you yeah. can be one of those guys, if eventually you can get to that point where you think you can get your number hanging up there with Larry Bird, Bird right? And it's Parrish an Indiana guy. and McHale, and yeah, I mean, that's if you're going to get your jersey hung somewhere, Kuzi, Havlicek, I mean, there's just not a better place to do it. That's a good point. Uh, on the downside, it's cold. Um, you have to play with Isaiah Thomas. There's some real questions about Danny Ainge is amazing at stockpiling assets yes and spending his assets he's done it once really great will he pull a trigger right he done it really well one time when he got kg and ray allen and had mm-hmm. paul pierce and that's kind of it yeah G- getting isaiah thomas for so little was it's good a great deal. but yeah isaiah thomas isn't he's not like this guy who's going to change the world for you right horford was a really good get and he didn't have a great year he had a good year it, but horford didn't you know he's not a superstar now yeah clearly went down a level, you know, yeah. a step. Uh, and then there's questions if you're Gordon Hayward. If what, what if they do go sign Paul George, or what if they do go out and get somebody else? What, what fiddle do you get to play? Right. Are you second? Are you third? Probably third. Do you want to be a third fiddle guy? Maybe. I mean, are you Clay Thompson or are you Kevin Durant or Steph Curry? Who do you think you are? Yeah. Some guys are okay being Clay Thompson. And I think, yeah, I guess that's a big question: is do you think Gordon wants to win more or be the guy more? I think he wants both. And I think he okay. believes he can have both, and because I, I think he's that kind of guy. Okay, he might be wrong, but I think he wants both, and that the best players want both and are both. He certainly kind of tasted it a little bit last year, sure, because he was definitely the guy in Utah, right? And 
they were pretty good. You know, second round team. It's yeah. And up. who wants to deflect to somebody else in any wake of life? Yeah. You know, some people, yeah, maybe if you get a job that pays you a ton, you say, oh, I don't have to work very hard. I can, you know, take <laughs> naps for several hours at a time. Maybe that's what you want. But he's an NBA player. He didn't get there by being that type of guy. Right. Basketball players aren't that way. For the most part. Some tall guys are. That's true. Okay. Roy Hibbert. Yes. John Amici. They yes. just were tall, and they were they got there because they were tall. Yeah. That's okay. good enough. Fair point. Hashim the beat. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> not everyone loves basketball. Gordon Hayward loves basketball. Yeah. So I think that would be an issue, and he's not going to deal with that. In Utah. Larry Sanders is the ultimate example. Larry Sanders is a great example. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, I, I put harsh media environment. Zach disagreed with that. I think Zach raised some good points there where they're sure. actually a little bit coddling, too. So that's something. And you go, get to go live, and it, it looks like, even though he's a, you know, he's, a, he's a Colts fan, like Tom Brady will show up to things and support you, which is like you want to be the it guy. Tom Brady's maybe the biggest athlete in the world right now. I mean, he's the star of the biggest American sports league there is. He's the face of it right now. There are things like that. Boston is always going to have the Red Sox, and the Red Sox are always going to be enormously important. Mm -hmm. And you can be in that, like, elite clique of athletes. Yeah, okay. And also, the Celtics are the number three team. So maybe if you do want to hide a little bit, you can hide a little bit and still be the star, and you're never going to be the Red Sox, you're never going to be the Patriots. Okay. So pressure's off you a little bit in that sense. Do you think that there's more attention there than he would get in Salt Lake? You know, as from a, you know, family privacy I mean, point. pure numbers are going to say he's going to get more attention in Boston okay. still. But as far as being beloved, he might not be as beloved in Boston as he will be in Utah. Okay. Let's talk about Utah. Okay. Let's, lots of pros, lots of cons. Some cons. I actually kind of struggled coming up with cons because the, the cons are kind of average-ish. Um, I would say relationship with the coaching staff, obviously working with Quinn Snyder for the last four years. Um, Gordon really respects Quinn and vice versa. Uh, I kind of expect their friendship to continue yep. even if Gordon goes elsewhere. The Jazz have put a staff around Gordon Hayward, seemingly almost specific for Gordon Hayward, to maximize mm-hmm. his efforts. At least that was the kind of what happened last year. Yeah. I was going to mention Johnny Bryant. One of the members of that staff worked day after day at 7 a.m. this last summer to yeah. get better, and it showed. You know, There was clearly that improvement that right. I think you can say, look, we've made you better season after season for the last seven years. There's a risk you don't have that kind of – Chemistry, whatever sure. that means, in, sure. in other places. Or investment. They may not have that investment. Even if they pay you all sure. this money, that's just money. Mm-hmm. They may not have an investment with you the way the Jazz have invested in Hayward repeatedly, mm-hmm. which was drafting him over Paul George, drafting him over a lot of these guys. And then I know they've gone out and made him go get his own contracts, which may have rubbed him the wrong way. At sure. least they did once when they should have just given him the max money. But even then, it was kind of questionable whether or not to give him the max money at that point. And he did. Maybe he's always held that. Maybe he's always harbored that against them. But otherwise, they've just invested in, in him over and over and over and over. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And I also think that he has a level of input, not a ton of input, but he's asked about personnel decisions at this point. Yeah. You know, right. he really isn't. And maybe that would change if he's under contract for four years. But this season, he was asked about personnel decisions. I bet they'd still ask him. I bet so, too. Just because it, you want to have that chemistry continue to roll. And Boston isn't going to ask him. Probably not. Because he's the third guy. Right. Or second guy. And you know, they've got so many assets, yeah. Like, And you, Danny Ainge probably wants to do his own way. He's yeah. kind of always seemed to want to do his own way, which is why he didn't trade for Jimmy Butler. Right. Because, yeah, if you ask you know, Isaiah Thomas, do you want to trade this future pick for Jimmy Butler, Isaiah Thomas is going to say yes. Sure. Now, uh, other pros for the Jazz? Yeah. Uh, Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is Rudy top, top 20 player. The best I think player. he's a top 20 player. Yeah. He's the best player on any of these teams that we've mentioned so far. He's better than Isaiah Thomas. Sure. Uh, 
he's better than Hassan Whiteside, obviously. He's better than Goran Dragic. Horford. He's better yeah. than Al Horford. He's the best player out of any of these. And you've got him just now starting for. I mean, you are signing a contract with him. Yes. You are teaming up to do another four-year deal. You're probably signing a three-plus-one. Maybe he signs five at the Jazz. I don't think he does. It's I, interesting. I you... There are different reports. Some people, There was this report that said that the fifth year could be important to Gordon Hayward, kind of a long-term security thing. But really, from a can-he-make-the-most-money point of view, he should sign a three-year deal with one player. Because right. then he's at 10 years. And then, then you can sign, what is it, 35% or whatever? Cap. Yeah. Yep. So, Which will be 35 to $40 million in three years. Probably more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the cap going up, you're, you're looking at a lot of money. Right. Um, basically, that Chris Paul $50 million right. kind of thing by the end of your deal. Right. Uh, so I think it makes that's that's honestly one thing that ten year thing that makes it less of an incumbent advantage for the Jazz than you might expect sure. because the five years maybe hurts you your earning sure. potential in the end. And then maybe this is the wrong idiom to use, but the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Yeah. And maybe yeah, the Jazz have flaws. Boston has flaws. Miami has flaws. There's no perfect franchise. That's why guys leave and move around and get traded and everything. You know what the Jazz are all about. Is that stronger or less strong than grass is greener on the other side? Well, one of them is, I, I guess neither of them paint this, oh, well, one of them paints this side better, you okay. know. Uh, the, the the devil you know being here implies that you already know the devil and all the wards of the jazz, you know. The grass being greener implies you don't have any idea what's going on over there. Okay. And that's a good thing, uh, not to get too far into that discussion, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think why the wiser you get, the more you realize that maybe what you have is a good thing. The younger and more naive you are, you're always kind of get trying to get that other thing. And you need to start to realize, like, what's valuable? What matters to me? When the truth is, the Jazz have tried to build something around Gordon Hayward to highlight the things he values. He will be more beloved here in Utah than he would be in Boston or Miami. By you know, he's a hired hand in Boston or Miami, uh, especially Miami. Uh, in Utah, he's the guy and has been here for the last seven years, and you know, has has the ties with the community. And he might have the least potential to win here at the t- at the highest level of any of the three teams we're talking about. Yes. Miami can win a championship. We've seen them do it. Boston yeah. can win a championship. They have, what, 20-plus banners? Some, yeah, in terms of high-level, you know, honestly, so what's a, let, let's do this real quick. What are, what's the chance that either of these three teams wins a championship in the next five years? Boston has the best. Boston, what's the odds, 5%? If they get Gordon Hayward and they get Paul George, 15%. There's a 15% chance they beat the Warriors over the next five years. Yeah, because I think they make the next three finals in a row. Okay. And maybe four finals. I, I don't know that they compete in any of those finals. You know, at that point, then I think someone else in the East steps up and is like, maybe. okay, well. There's just fluky things that happen. Sure. You know, yeah, you absolutely. lose Andre Iguodala, and then Draymond Green's body breaks down because he's not that big to be playing the way he plays, or Steph Curry's ankles come back, or whatever. There's chemistry issues. Guys want to get paid. You insult somebody by saying, well, you take $3 million less. Weird, yeah. weird things happen. Steve sure. Kerr's back never gets better. The ownership decides, like, hey, we, we've got enough championships. We're not going to pay $40 million in the luxury tax and then $80 million the next year. Okay. We're not going to do that. There are just enough fluky things that happen. The Cavs beat the Warriors last year, and the Cavs weren't close to as good as the Warriors were. No, but the Celtics aren't going to be close to where the Cavs were last year. You don't think so? I, I, I don't. And now, obviously, Kevin Durant plays for the Warriors, and right. that's a way better <laughs> team than, than what we saw last year. So there's a lot there. I, I, yeah, 15%, I'm comfortable with that because, okay. yeah, you're hoping to get a, a blown ACL. I'll be honest, I was at 5%. Okay. Which is really you know, low. Are low, right. But, yeah, I, I, maybe that's just how much I believe in this Warriors juggernaut. Sure. But, anyway. Uh, and Miami, 
I don't think Miami's how? dramatically different than the Jazz as far as their realistic chances, but they have a puncher's chance, and I don't know if you can actually say that about the Jazz right now because the Jazz can't have this wild offseason where they land three guys. No. The Jazz wild the Jazz wild offseason is Donovan Mitchell turns into Bradley Beal right. or Eric Gordon and all of a sudden like and, and hits those guys at their absolute potential, and you think, like, oh, man, he's going to be a superstar. And then Rodney Hood develops into this guy that didn't look like he was going to be last year, and Dante Exum clicks in. And then you've got five guys who are top 60 players and two guys that are top 20 players. See, and I think that may be a more realistic path than Miami's. Might be. Like, and again, I'm talking like 2 to 3%. Sure. Like, it doesn't... But that's strategic, where Miami might fall backwards into two guys. And Here, the Jazz won't fall backwards into anybody. Here's my larger point with this exercise, that if you're making a choice on what the high-level potential is of all these three teams, you're going to be disappointed 90% of the time. 85% of the time in your sure. case. You know, like, sure. it's just... it's. Neither of these teams are likely to win. It's, just, it's hard to win championships. Right. Uh, so anyway, some of the other stuff may matter more in that. And, and maybe you want to take the, the team that's most likely to win short term. I, I feel like we've uh, painted the Jazz in a bad light. I still think the Jazz have the best chance to resign him. I think the Jazz can give him the most money. I think he knows Utah. I think he can be a star here. I think Rudy Gobert being here does a lot of the things that Gordon Hayward does. I'm guessing the Jazz have a dynamite story that they're going to sell him on Monday. Yeah, and up and a path, not just. I mean, here's your money. It's you and Rudy now. Go figure it out. They're not going to do that. No, they have to have a path, and they will have a path. Yeah, they, uh, whether they trade for Ricky Rubio in the next 24 hours or whatever they do in the next little bit. I mean, they will try and season it already to make it more appealing, so it's new and fresh on Monday. And then on top of that, they will have new toys that they're going to say we're going to bring in over the next three yeah. years while you're here. Yeah, they and they'll need, do all those things. They will show him the plan. Right, and the Jazz should have a good plan. Honestly, they're they're well run, right? I mean, that's... right. Dennis Lindsay smart, and, and and I as much as I've probably been critical of the Jazz for not being more aggressive last year when they've had more money, or even before this year when they've had all this money, or years past. Some of it was designed for why are we going to invest in someone to build around Gordon Hayward if we're going to lose him this year? Mm-hmm. If we can get him back, then that's when we can start to play with some of those pieces. Yeah, and I'm sure that was on purpose. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, 8% raises instead of 5% raises, it gets you, you know, $8 million more over the course of the deal or something like that. But you do have income tax in Utah where you don't in Miami, you do in Massachusetts, certainly. But anyway, uh, there was that Tanner range thing he tweeted out about their millionaires tax tax in Boston, which, you know, makes a difference, but I I don't think a a huge one. Good thing for Gordon Hayward is how old is he right now? 27, 27. He's not at his last big contract. No, he should get one more. And if he does the three plus one, he can opt out in three years. He'll be 30. George Hill's probably still going to get a huge deal, and George Hill's not as good a player as Gordon Hayward will be in three years. Right. And George Hill's still going to get close to a max contract, if not a max contract, especially now with all the ways things have shaken out. San Antonio might find a way to have to give him that type of money. Uh, but Gordon Hayward in three years, as long as there's no catastrophic injuries, will get another huge deal and can go do what Chris Paul just did and say, I'm going to target a team specifically where I think I can go win and still get my money. Yeah. And Gordon Hayward can do that. Do you think the legacy for a 27-year-old matters, the legacy of staying one team with one team? You know, he talked about what Reggie Miller meant to him yeah. coming up in Indiana. Is, is Reggie Miller a cautionary tale because he never won one, or is it a guy he looked up to for 18 seasons? I don't think he's a cautionary tale. Okay. Uh, the same way Stockton and Malone, I don't think are cautionary tales. But those guys are so transcendently good. I, and I know Malone left, but those guys are so transcendently good. I'm not sure it actually impacted their legacy so much as because Carl Malone could have been the greatest scorer of all time if he would had stayed in Utah and played for two more years. He would have passed Kareem. John has two of his own all-time records. Reggie Miller still is always going to be known as one of the great shooters of all time, one of the best shooting guards we've ever seen. 
whether that's true or not. But, you know, th- those legacies were bigger than that because those guys are Hall of Famers. Uh, Gordon Hayward, I don't know if he... I, I, I don't think it's a huge plus for him staying here. It's just the idea that he has his legacy with one team. Okay. That's yeah, also I, a millennial thing. I'm going to say that. That's a mill- I'm going to go really big picture here, Andy. Sure. You and I, and I'm living proof of this right now, you're just not going to... We're not going to have one career our whole life. But that's, I think, just the modern world. Whereas it was way more likely our parents were to do that. Gordon Hayward's parents may have had one job their whole life. Nobody else he knows at his age, even if it's not NBA players, are going to have that one job. You just kind of have to bounce around more than anyone have, used to have to in the past. So I don't think our generation that grows up with these players is also going to blame anyone for not staying in one spot. Sure. Plus, you know, Michael, I, I know into the Wizards late and retired halfway through his career, but he didn't bounce around, but LeBron has. Well, if LeBron has and Kevin Durant has, nobody cares if Gordon Hayward does. Yeah, except for people in Utah, right? Which okay, two and a half million people, and yeah, who cares? Five hundred thousand of those people care. I mean, we care about our our listeners, but yeah, right. But there's Gordon. fifty people listening, <laughs> so, and yeah, we care about you. But yeah, that's how much they care. Okay. Uh, some other cons. I, I, is there anything else? I mean, honestly, I, the biggest con is that the, the Jazz high level potential might be lower than the other two teams. Yeah, that's the only major con, and it's cold here in the winter. It is. But you've also figured that out, you know. You know what that's like. You know what it's like. You've lived here. Your kids can live here. Yeah. That's fine. I don't think there's a lot. I mean, culturally, you probably can't get everything you want that you might be able to get to in, in, in Miami or in Boston. They have better access to things than Utah has. Yeah. But he's going to sign a $100 million contract. So if he wants to go live in Paris in the offseason, he can go do that and get as much culture as he wants. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I still don't know where Gordon is on that cultural yeah. desire path, right? Because right. he's an Indiana kid who loved Olive Garden for his first And plays video seasons, games. Right? And plays and video games. Yeah. Right. And exactly. Now, I think Robin, and I think he's changed, and I think right. Robin has different interests and that sort of thing, and I think there's something there. Um, but I don't know that he's the metropolitan guy. You know, we don't no. see Gordon Hayward out clubbing ever. No. And he's well-dressed, but he's not elite-dressed NBA player. No. And, he, and that kind of thing, yeah, he doesn't need to be on Saks Fifth Avenue. He doesn't need to He doesn't need to, to have the ability to go out and shop at the nicest places and have access to the nicest things and the nicest bars and the nicest clubs. Maybe Robin wants that a little bit more. I don't know her. I don't follow her on Instagram, which is fine if you do, I guess, but... Yeah, I don't know like what her desires are. This is this is like my favorite random Ben hot take is is your just anti, like don't follow people's just wives. Don't follow people's wives. Don't, don't follow like the spouse or whatever. The ex, like the mom or the dad, because that's how you end up with Benji Burke. Sure, and that's really bad. That's bad for the NBA. It's bad for the NBA. Like, bad for so the player is Robin too. Bad for the NBA. No, but that's bad for this whole situation. Right. Like the I, you, you, your tweet was great. Of of the the photos from the or the the letters that the kids wrote. See, and to me that's a story. Like it is. Oh, it's absolutely a story. But not every story is good for the NBA. Not every story is certainly good for see, free that story, agency. But that story is great for the NBA. That story is like these kids. Okay, so Tuesday he tells the Jazz he's going to Boston. Right now it's awful. It's a horrible story. <laughs> okay, but it's the worst story. It's fine. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. I just th- that's my issue with it. It's not, and it's not just that, and. She can do whatever she wants. I'm happy for her to do whatever she wants. She just – and she married into an NBA life, and she knows that, and she didn't do that accidentally. And I'm not saying she targeted Gordon Hayward. She fell in love with Gordon Hayward, and Gordon Hayward fell in love with her, and so she had this opportunity now to like live this life. But like you sprinkle in all these different mixtures of things that make it hard, and she may not fully understand that, and he right. may not fully understand that. It's just it, it, Benji Burke didn't think he was hurting his son. He was doing very much what he thought was right by his son by talking to you Right. I mean, he came after you. <laughs> was that good for his relationships with anyone in the jazz locker room? No, but I, honestly, the bigger picture there was 
he was his agent too. Right. But that's not good. No. Even worse, like those those little extra things don't need to be great. And that's, again, it's not an attack on Robin. I'm talking about Gordon Hayward's wife. It's maddening to me because uh, <laughs> she doesn't belong here. And that's not, not not because she's not invited here, but she didn't ask to be here. She just has a social media account like everyone else does. Yeah. And now she's a part of it, you know, bec- whether she wants to be or not. And she's lost control of it. I think she occupies a entertainment vacuum with regards to Gordon Hayward, right? Like if Gordon, I'm not asking Gordon Hayward to be Rudy Gobert, but if he was posting things even at the rate of like Dante Exum, sure. where, you know, he's this, I'm working out or I'm doing this, you know, couple things a week then we would have you know there'd be some this is what gordon hayward's up to he's a regular person right cool right i think gordon's reluctance to do that and robin's willingness willingness to do that means that you kind of have to understand gordon through robin a little bit okay but that's a really dangerous thing to do yeah that's true it, by proxy to understand somebody is a hard thing to do right like yeah that's true because you know if i would if I, you know i follow your wife on instagram too sorry sure. this this is not fine. personal but like I would think that you would like hair salons. Yeah, yes. right. right. What, yeah, what would you learn from me, from my wife being a hairstylist that was accurate about who I am, that you know me now, the person? Yeah, that's right. Very little. Okay. So it's dangerous. I just, yeah. I, I, and it's also not, probably can't be the most, because on Tuesday, when Robin and the and Gordon announced that they're staying in Utah, and those 50,000 Celtics fans who just flood, apparently, her every response with just the, the clover mm-hmm. emoji, what does that clover emoji turn into on Tuesday? When they stay in Utah, I mean, hopefully they just unfollow her and they say it was really fun following you. No, it's a it's is a little finger expecting? emoji for the next three months, right? Like or ten years, ten years, whatever, maybe because it's faceless. It's just craziness. Yeah, that's just what I worry about. And yeah, no, like responding to these people and and actually trying to like convince them through social yeah. media is crazy. It's just it's hard, and they're, they're still young people. We got to recognize that these are still young people. How, how old is Robin? I don't know, but she's not thirty. Twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. You're asking her to carry a lot there on top of making the most difficult financial decision. I mean, that not even 1% of people get to make in their life. I mean, they're talking about nobody gets to make a decision on how to make $200 million. And she's got to manage that at 22 years old on top of having two kids and a famous husband and changing cities and all these crazy pressures. It's too much to put on somebody. So unfollow her on Instagram. Not for her sake, for your sake. No, no, not for your sake, for her sake. For for her sake. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I won't, but (laughs) you've, you've, You've made you've made Tuesday. If, if Gordon Hayward leaves, do you unfollow Robin Hayward? Not yet. Okay. See, you've crossed over because you're not there for the Gordon Hayward story. Then Maybe no, you're there for the Robin story. You're there for you're there for the Gordon Hayward story if he leaves, right? Like what? How Gordon Hayward responds to the Jazz and and his first game back and all that. If he leaves, it's a huge story. Right. No, sure. He's so, not going to end a scanter anybody. Don't get me wrong. But right. Like, right. What he says next is a big deal. I hope we stop screenshotting Robin Hayward's. Twitter account or whatever Instagram, if he signs in Boston, yeah, and I, hope I think that's we still. will. I don't know. I think we will because there, there, nothing matters. Hard anymore. to put toothpaste back in the tube. Nothing. <laughs> well, nothing matters. Period, Andy. And we're still doing this with Robin <laughs> Hayward. So I hope. I just. I just. I wouldn't want to see someone get themselves in trouble or get hurt because like, there's a whole big world out there yeah. that that is. She's trying to control a narrative in an almost an uncontrollable place. All right, we got to take a break. We want to talk about weird. the Jazz. That was a weird conversation. But yeah, that, but it was interesting. I don't know. We got nihilist for a second there, yeah. but it's fine. Uh, we got to take a break on the other side. We want to talk about the Jazz's draft. We haven't done that yet, but talk about them making two trades up in the first round. Great. We'll, 
Do that next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. The home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back to the Salt City Hoop Show. We were alerted to a, a rumor on Twitter during the break that uh, surprised us. We we thought it was fake. We were thought we thought this person is a crazy person. I assume most rumors revolving the Jazz are fake because usually you hear about it an hour and then it happens. That's about how Jazz rumors work. Yeah. So maybe that's the case. Maybe tonight <laughs> we'll have something. We'll have. The rumor is that the Jazz are in trade talks for Kyrie Irving, former number one overall pick. Duke point guard. So there's actually something there. Kind of the Duke connection to the Jazz is, is real. Okay. Like uh, Kyrie might... No, Kyrie would want to stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't want to come here. Uh, Mitch Lawrence uh, is tweeting this out, and this is just according to his his Twitter bio, to give you his update. Longtime NBA columnist, now host on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Uh, Yeah, it says... Can he, these are his tweets. Can the NBA offseason get any crazier? Kyrie Irving's name now linked to the Jazz with George Hill going to the Cavs in a sign-and-trade. You'd have George Hill to the Cavs, Kyrie to Utah, part of a potential three-way deal that would end up getting Paul George as the main headliner to join LeBron, and the Pacers are looking for picks. Now, there's no picks between the Jazz that and, are worth Kyrie Irving and Cavs that are going to get you Kyrie Irving. Yeah, But the Jazz have young pieces that they can move, and if you would move some of those pieces to get Kyrie. That deal makes sense with Kevin Love, right? Sure. Yeah. Kevin Love is... Yeah, 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 yeah. To the Jazz to instead the jazz. of Kyrie Irving. Right. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is, what, 25, 26? Yeah. Is, very honestly, maybe the best ball handler in NBA history? He's really incredible. He's as, he's as good with the ball in his hands right now as anybody in the league currently. And if, you, if you're looking for someone who can maybe make up for his weakness of, you know, admittedly taking plays off on yeah. defense and honestly not being that great when he's good. Engaged. Engaged. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert's the guy. But it's Kyrie Irving. Like, there's no way this happens, right? The Jazz have to have a trick up their sleeve if they want to appeal to Gordon Hayward. If the trick is Kyrie Irving, you win. You win, young fella. Right, that's good. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about a realistic package that you get Kyrie Irving. Here's the good thing. You don't have to pay the price for Kyrie Irving because that price is Paul George. So the Cavs don't have to get equal value back from the Jazz for Kyrie Irving. You're paying the Paul George price. Not the Kyrie Irving price, and maybe those aren't that dissimilar. But knowing that the the Pacers are going to lose Paul George might help you get that guy. Yeah, back. that helps. I I think if you're the Cavs, though, you're there's a value gap between Paul George and Kyrie Irving, right? Certainly there is. But getting Paul George and George Hill makes you forget that Kyrie Irving's an NBA, a human being. Okay. If you can get Paul George in that deal, because apparently the rumor know. is Paul George going to the Cavs. So there are weird contracts. So Paul George and George Hill going to the Cavs. Kevin Love going to the Pacers. And the Jazz getting Kyrie Irving. And there would have to be another deal in there somewhere to shed some contracts. Kevin Love going to the Pacers in this year? I'm not seeing this, but how else would you get this deal done? You I mean, because have... right now you don't, have the, you don't have the Pacers getting anything back. So you'd have, I mean, you'd have to send Derek Favors, right? right. Or Alec Burks or you know, Joe Johnson. You know, someone worth right. something like, you know, somewhere sure. approaching. Well, Pacers. and the Cavs can't take on contracts like that. Paul George and George Hill without sending out two players. Yeah, okay. So you're looking at Irving. They've got to get rid of Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Or you could do Irving and Shump, let's say. Sure. But you've got to get rid of... Because you're getting, what, almost $20 million in Paul George, and right. you're getting and then, $20-plus million in George Hill. So Irving is 20 
or whatever it is. Okay, so you need another 16 and, to 20. And you need another... Which you, is Kevin Love. Well, you need 150%. So, like, you could take on... If you had... You would only need to take on, like, $28 million in salary to make that happen. So that's... I still think the Pacers would want a real piece, and it would be Kevin Love. Hmm. I think that's what they would want back. And okay. then picks. And the Jazz will say, okay, we've got two first-round picks for you next year. The Cavs will give you whatever future first-round picks they have. I mean, if I'm the Cavs, I don't consider this at all, but I especially don't consider if I'm also giving up Kevin Love. You don't... Oh, I, w- I would. If I'm, the, if I'm the Cavs and I can get Paul George with the belief that I can sign him long-term, because that's what you're thinking. You're, you're only bringing him in with the idea that you're signing him long-term. Sure. Uh, and then you can get George Hill for the, be the next three years, who's the perfect point guard to play along those side uh, alongside those guys because he doesn't need the ball in his hands anymore. Sure, but is George Hill, Paul George, and LeBron James a better core than Kyrie, Kevin Love, and LeBron? James? Yeah, I think so. Because you've got two non-defenders Ooh, there. Yeah. Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving just are just not good enough defensive players. So you split those up for two guys who are potentially elite defensive players. Next to LeBron... You've changed your team, certainly. I don't know that change it's... Change your dynamic. Certainly. I, and maybe you I need a culture change. I, I think if you can keep Kevin Love, then you've got something. Then you've got, you know, you've got the offensive flexibility and you've got the defensive sure. lockdown. You've got someone who can guard Kevin Durant. You know, you, you actually answer, you've got George Hill now who can guard Steph Curry. You answer a lot of your defense. You can go true small ball that you can't right now with Kevin Love. Right. I'd make that trade. I'd do that trade. And I would or do it. If you're Cle- if you're I would Cleveland. do it for Cleveland and I'd wow. do it for the Jazz, obviously. I, if you're the Pacers, uh, we can make up the value for the Pacers. Honestly, like, I, I got to know if I'm the Pacers, what I'm getting because I still think there's a chance I can get something anything. from Boston. But I think I can get something from from Boston, and maybe that's yeah. what you're doing with the Jazz. Is you're sabotaging Boston's ability to get Paul George, which is brilliant. Which is brilliant. That's how you pull the rug out from Danny Ainge. But yeah, okay. But if you're the Pacers, and maybe maybe Danny Ainge isn't offering this because you know Danny Ainge is very reluctant to trade the assets even at the Terry Rozier level. But if he's offering any, you know, the the future Laker pick, whatever that looks like, Jason Tatum, next year's Brooklyn pick, heck, next year's Grizzlies pick, whatever it is, it still feels like it would be more than Derek Favors, Rodney Hood, Dante Exum, and whatever the Jazz pick is going to be, right? Right. And you've got an Oklahoma City pick that's lottery protected, right? There's no upside to any of these picks that the Jazz have. Correct. Especially if you're trading for Kyrie Irving. Uh, Indiana needs to get good pieces back. They need to get Kevin Love back, and they probably need one or two of the Jazz good young pieces. Which, fine. You trade everybody but Gobert to make this happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. This is is a great deal for the Jazz. And again, like I said, you're paying the Paul George price. You're not paying the Kyrie Irving price, which is the nice thing about where I, I wrote about it two weeks ago at KSL. I said the Jazz can kind of facilitate these blockbuster deals by having not great pieces. Sometimes having good pieces for these teams that have lower leverage to trade kind of makes you a valuable spot because the Jazz aren't giving up Gobert and needing Gobert replacement value. The Jazz are giving up a Rodney Hood or a Dante Exum or a whoever plus two first-round picks, and you get that value back. And that value, I mean, is you win if you get Kyrie Irving back. That's an enormous value to take back. But like you said, you'd probably even do consider that deal with Kevin Love. I had a Boston fan tell me in, in my mentions today, and, and I thought it was a good point, that every team comes at Boston asking for the stars on the moon because they know what great assets the, the right. Celtics have. And it's hard to trade those. You know what so the assets the Jazz have, and they're middling ones. Right. You know, they're, they're Dante Exum. They're late first-round picks. Right. But maybe, maybe that's enough somehow. Because you've got to get something. You've got to get something. Sure. Right. Uh, it, look, Minnesota just that. had a bunch of middling pieces that yeah, they but, traded for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, th- that'll be more than what the Jazz could offer. Probably. For Paul George. Yeah. Or for you know, uh, Jimmy Butler. Exactly. Right, right. a better prospect than anyone they have on the roster. And But has serious questions. Has, for, for sure. 
Uh, Chris Dunn's a better prospect than Dante Axum. No. No? Disagree. Hmm. Some people may disagree. He's younger. Uh, he's not that More much younger. Recently drafted. Is he even, is he even younger? He's he even might not younger. be younger. He's got real offensive issues. And there's enough things. Dante has offensive, worse offensive issues. Dante has a little bit of playmaking there that I don't know if Chris Dunn has at all. I think Dante has a little, a little ability to stand in the corner and if he can start hitting that shot, which is a big question, and then drive off the baseline, there's some value there. He also has one year left on his deal, yeah. which is, I mean, Chris Dunn has three more. Right. So I think that's a big deal. Um, it's a, and this then is the a number seven pick rumor. is obviously better, better than any pick that the Jazz would This is a weird trade rumor. Uh, again, if you're just jumping in, it's the rumor is coming out. It's kind of <laughs> scant right now, but the idea would be the Jazz would get Kyrie Irving. They would sign and trade George Hill. They would... Uh, and the, and the Cavaliers would get Paul George and George Hill, and then Indiana would have to get pieces somewhere. And that would have to be Kevin Love or draft picks or whatever. However, whatever you have to make up to get there. Yeah. Which, and both the Jazz and Cavs would find any way they could to get that done. I don't, would, I don't, I'm not buying this from the Cavs point of view. You don't think I really, so? Like, I think Kyrie Irving is like your long-term future if LeBron leaves, right? But I think Paul George is a top 10 player. And if you can get a top 10 player, top Kyrie's, 15 player back, he's close, but he's not there. Top, yeah, sure. So if you can Paul get that George upgrade, and he's a superstar. And he's he allows LeBron to take days off that Kyrie doesn't allow you to take off. Or just go for both, right? Sure. If you have Kyrie and Paul George right. and LeBron James, you, you, you're you better than if you don't. This don't would know. make sense from the Jazz perspective, though. <laughs> yeah. Because, but but more so than just like of course you're getting a you're you're getting Kyrie for 10 cents on the dollar. You're trying to show off to Gordon Hayward that you can be something. And Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert is a pretty interesting trio, especially if you can hold on to Donovan Mitchell, especially yeah. if you can hold on to some of these other pieces, which we yeah, still need to talk about. These Donovan players. Mitchell may, would be in that trade. Maybe you could put him in that trade. Yeah, for sure. He may be the most valuable asset you have to trade, quite yeah. honestly. Rodney Hood's going to have some value. Yes, not he's huge only got value. one year left. He's only got one year left, but he's a restricted free agent after that, and the Pacers are going to have money to pay him. We talk, Sure. We talked about the Celtics not wanting to sign Avery Bradley, and I get they're in a different cap situation, but it's kind of the same thing with Rodney Hood, where you're going to be paying middle to big money for a guy who's middle good. Sure. Anyway. I did not expect to come in here today talking about a Kyrie Irving to the Utah Jazz trade rumor. Neither did I. I didn't <laughs> think Kyrie Irving was going to be traded. I think that was the type of piece. And then Tyson asked a good question on Twitter. He says, is the sign and trade of Hill illegal? What What are the rules with signing and trading George Hill when he becomes an unrestricted free agent? So he, I mean, he would obviously have to uh, agree to a contract with the Cavs. And then I'm trying to think. He has to stay. The Cavs would have to stay under the tax apron. So how could that? I, I'm not sure if that would work. Sure. I, this could all be nonsense. It, it honestly might be. But I, it's kind of interesting. If they, I mean, maybe they would have to move Kyrie and Kevin Love in order to make that work from a cap. I, you know, right. I haven't done the math. I have no idea what the Cavs, the Cavs are paying a ton of money moving forward. I don't know if they can somehow fit George Hill in. So Nuts. It, it, is that a Ricky Rubio? And you'd rather have Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, it's that a Ricky Rubio right now is pretty much what sure. the market bears out. You, I mean, how much do you think George Hill can come to Utah or will come to Utah? You're 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 pretty confident he won't. I'm pretty confident he won't. San Antonio's gonna back up the truck for him. Okay, and he needs to go there. Yeah, because they don't have Chris Paul now, and he's their most obvious next best option. Yeah, and uh, unless they can get Kyle Lowry, which I don't think is gonna happen. Okay, I think he's just got Toronto's probably the favorite, and then Minnesota's probably number two, and then San Antonio at their best is probably number three. Hmm. Even as good as Pop is, as good as all that stuff is, Jimmy Butler. Carl Towns, like that's a fun place to go play. 
he's lived in the cold because he's lived in Toronto, or just stay in Toronto and be the guy there, which is fine. Which And, you know, you've got a good team and all that. Lots of stuff going on in the NBA. We're, what, 25 hours away from NBA free agency starting. Yep. And we've, I, I can't believe well, all the player less, movement right? that's happened. Oh, I guess it's midnight. Yeah, so yeah, 25 hours. Yeah. Um, I can't believe all the player movement that's happened before free agency begins this year. That, and it could really have been more because Paul George should have been traded. Yeah. They probably should have traded Paul George and could have it may had, still happen. Yeah, it may still happen in the next little bit. Uh, and then the draft, which was fun. And yeah. the Jazz did well in the draft. All right, let's actually talk about the draft next segment. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to talk about Jazz Summer League as well starting next week. Sure. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get, we'll try Sorry. to get all this stuff in. Kyrie just snuck up on us. It was, it was very sneaky. He got us. Yeah. Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. About 10 more minutes left with us here uh, talking about the Utah Jazz and the upcoming offseason. Again, 25 hours away from free agency beginning um, with Gordon Hayward, George Hill, and the Utah Jazz. We wanted to talk briefly about the Jazz's draft because we haven't had a chance to do that since last Thursday. Um, when the draft happened, obviously the Jazz making two trades to move up to get Donovan Mitchell and Tony Bradley. Ben, what did you think? Uh, I, I told you beforehand I didn't love Donovan Mitchell. I, I get it. I, I really get it. You watch him enough. He's got decent handles. He, he's not yeah. a playmaker, but he's kind of a – he makes things happen, yeah. a, which is I think is – he's not a point guard. He's no. not necessarily a playmaker, but he's a guy who's got good enough handle. He's pretty good getting to the hoop, and if he – if that shot is real, which when he's on, he's – Red hot. I mean, it's crazy. He'll have second halves where he'll hit four threes in six possessions. Mm -hmm. And you think, this guy is incredible. If you're getting that guy, then he really has enormous upside, and I love the pick. If he's not that guy, and he's the 32% three-point shooter, he's kind of mediocre. Yeah. And that's why I thought, you know, you might be, it might be better to just gamble on Frank Jackson at 24, and then now he would have been there at 30, and just get Frank Jackson hoping he'd be that same type of guy, though he'll never be defensively. That same type of player. And Donovan Mitchell's athleticism is freaky. Yeah. Certainly in measurements. I don't think Frank Jackson is that special. He's not that special, but also I'm not sure any of their athleticism fully translates the way it looks like it would in the numbers. They are better testing athletes than they are floor athletes. Yeah, you look at their blocker and steal numbers, kind of how you try to see how that athleticism really translates. And it's not really there. And I get there's the dunk against Syracuse, the alley-oop. Where Which is incredible. He cocks that ball back, and I've never seen a 6'2 player do that. I mean, it's really ridiculous that he does that. I don't think we'll see that a whole lot in the NBA. I, I hope we do. I'd love to. I just don't. I just You'll see it sometimes, but, you know, Alec Burks can do crazy dunks. Too, yeah. Right? Like, the right. crazy dunks are not right. why you draft a guy. Right. Uh, I think he has a pretty high floor where, like, if he is a good defensive player and can make, even if he's a 33% NBA shooter sure. and you know, he he'll be in the league, um, yeah. which is, which is good. And he's another, um, he really is another ball handler. Yeah. And I think you can always use those guys yeah, because you can keep him on the floor late in the game. And he shot over 80% from the free throw line, which makes me think that jump shot probably is coming around or at least has mm-hmm. potential to come around, which not every six ten wingspan guy. I mean, he's the, the number, the magic number for measurement is plus six. If your wingspan is six inches longer than your height, You've kind of got freaky wingspan. He's plus eight. Right. He's a freak. It's crazy. Yeah. And Uh, his arms really are as disruptive as you would hope that. Some guys have long arms and aren't disruptive. He really is. There are games where he will deflect four balls in eight possessions. He's that disruptive defensively. I hope that translates. And I I do think uh, with you were talking about his shooting, I think his shot selection last year was was pretty bad. Uh, Had to to be. Because Louisville had a really bad offense. Yeah. 
and I think I heard his shot shooting percentages a lot. Sure. And he he talked about that as a weakness of his. You know, if if you have a right. guy who's taking bad shots and he doesn't know it, Trey work, um, sure. then, then you have a trouble. problem. He knows it, and it knows that he's going to have five shots a game next year. He also seems pretty good, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's numbers on it. I haven't seen him. Uh, just watching Naked Eye, when he's open and gets a spot up, which he will get more of in the NBA because he's not going to be the number one guy on the uh, on the scouting report ever, he should get some good looks. He's 90th percentile uh, amongst draft prospects in catch and shoot. shoot. Then you probably believe that that's going to translate because it did at Louis. He's really good at Louisville in those spots, but the problem was... So his backcourt mate, which was I was thought was distracting watching him, was Quinn Snyder. Quentin Snyder. Yeah, but a lot of times yeah. <laughs> they would call him Quinn Snyder, and so it was hard to watch because you would think they were talking about the Jazz. <laughs> and yeah, he shot some really bad shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want know to talk about guys taking bad shots? Quinn Snyder took a lot of bad shots. Yeah. Uh, so those are shots that probably had he passed out a little bit more when he would draw attention, could have gotten uh, Donovan Mitchell some better looks even, and that shooting percentage could have gone up. And he will get those better looks with the Jazz. Obviously, you're hugely encouraged at like how he's presented himself during the workout process and since been, since he's been drafted. Low downside fit in your... I mean, he yes. just loves this place for some reason. Right. Which I love this place too, but he really like feels like there's some <laughs> magical bond here, which is yeah. great. Uh, and I think you're also encouraged by how he has legitimately improved every year since he started taking basketball seriously. You look at just how he rose up the the recruiting rankings as a high school player from yep. sophomore to junior to senior year. Work and ethic seems real. Freshman to sophomore year in college. He's a pro because so his dad's a pro. Uh, yeah, I think that that means something. Yep. Um, Tony Bradley, uh, stat darling. Uh, yeah. Just because of what he can do on the offensive glass, he's the best offensive rebounding statistical prospect since Kenneth Freed. So that's good. he's really interesting. He's, he might be nothing. He might be nothing. He might be nothing because there's a couple of. I mean, he is a heavy-footed leaper, mm-hmm. but he's not a heavy-footed runner, which is kind of weird. Yeah. He when he gets out in transition, he moves. He turns on the wheels and he beats guys down the floor. And I, here's one thing I did: I went back and I watched his high school tapes. Have you have you seen him in high school no. at all? It's worth doing because his body is so different mm-hmm. from what he got to you when he got to what, UNC. What was he like in high school? Uh, I mean, he kind of. He had Tim Duncan's body in high school, and you watch him now, and you think like, I'm trying. He he's more Aaron Gray in body. He looks like <laughs> he had that kind of Tim Duncan crazy broad shoulders, huh. thin hips. He's never been a great leaper, and not that Duncan was a huge leaper, but was a decent leaper, but better than we remember late in his career. He had that type of body, and I looked at that and I said, the Jazz have seen that body, and they started recruiting that body originally when they started scouting this kid, and they think they can get back to that. Yeah, and if they get back to that. You're a lot, you like him more as that lean big man who's as long as he is because he's a good shot blocker. He's smart. He has really good hands. His hands never, when he catches the ball, they're never below his shoulders, mm. which I love because that's just an innate thing. I think a lot of guys, you can tell some big men a thousand times, don't bring the ball down. Don't bring the ball down. And they're going to bring it down every time. Yeah. He doesn't gather. He doesn't have that type of stuff, but he's not this explosive leaper. And that's why he's there at 28. Right. And, you know, and you worry about his fit in, a, in an NBA, right? With moving in, in sure. not that direction. That being said, you know, like I say, from a statistical point of view, he's an excellent prospect. Was top ten by most stat measures alone. Yeah. So that's that's probably worth the risk. Uh, yeah, and uh, worth the risk at twenty eight. Um, and apparently, the Jazz had the intel that the that the Spurs were going to be taking him at twenty nine, given the number of connections between the Jazz org sure. and the Spurs org. They would like, know. I think they would know. And I think they did the same thing with Rudy, which is why they traded up to twenty seven, and the Spurs were drafting at twenty eight. Yeah, and I think they just liked that opportunity, and they did it to uh, the Nuggets again with Donovan Mitchell, right. which I don't think they. I'm sure they laugh about it at night. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but the Jazz up Trey Lyles to move up eleven spots. That's incredible. Right. That's... Uh, yeah, because Trey Lyles is probably and what n- the Nuggets are doing is nonsensical. What? Yeah. But why do they have twenty power forwards? 
forwards on that team. I mean, I told you, I mean, I tweeted it out that the Jazz are going to draft Tony Bradley. I mean, it was pretty obvious mm-hmm. a week plus out. I mean, the Jazz first have fallen in love with this guy. Yeah. They knew they were going to draft him. You you look at draft boards. You look at draft boards from people who know the Jazz, right? And yeah. you, you, you know, Dennis Lindsay called Chad Ford a friend. Sure. We know the influence David Locke has. Not influence, but access, I guess. Um, and watching workouts and that sort of thing. It just seemed like he magically went from being 40 on everyone's draft board to 24. Right. To 24 or 30, right? Like, it was always ending okay. up in a Jazz. All right. Right. Yeah. There was something there. The Jazz fell in love with him really early. Uh, I like him more now that I've watched him, which is scary. If a guy doesn't immediately jump out to you and you go watch him and have to sell yourself on him, which is easy to do after you draft a player and think like, oh, I'm going to like this guy now. I think I probably did a little bit with Trey Lyles. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, you know what? All those things that he didn't do at Kentucky that you wanted him to do, he still didn't do in the NBA, which was a problem. Right. And he did a little bit in his rookie season. A little bit. But then, yeah. yeah. But I, I think Donovan Mitchell is actually a pretty decent process. Or not Donovan Mitchell, Tony, Tony Bradley. Bradley. I think he's pretty interesting because, uh, yeah, he's a rim runner, not a rim leaper. But he's, he's going to stay in that one lane. And then actually there might be potential for him to step out and hit a 17-footer, which he hits a lot in his uh, his cool high school tapes that I watched. <laughs> okay. Uh, and apparently did well at the workout for And him. I like Nigel Williams-Goss. Okay. I think he can play. I think he's an NBA player. I think he's got an NBA player in the second and round. 55 is great. Or 52, whatever yeah. it was. It was great. And if the Jazz uh, really liked Derek White, hoping he'd become George Hill, you may have gotten a really poor man's Derek White in Nigel Williams-Goss. Yeah. And just That's... said, like, maybe there's a chance he turns into George Hill. He's not a good defensive player like George Hill was, but maybe he kind of has that, as John Stockton said, like that kind of adult approach to the game yeah. that George Hill very much feels like he has. You stick as a no-mistake backup point guard. Yep. Uh, those three guys will be on the Jazz's Summer League roster taking place uh, J- July 3rd, 5th, and 6th, along with Dante Exum, which is, was a surprise given that he said he would not play in Summer League. At after least in the season y- he'll be here in Utah. He'll be in the Jazz Summer League, right. For but that's great. You get to see him play against Fultz. And, and what else do you alongside want? Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. That's great. So good opportunity for Dante Axum to show what he's going to be, uh, what he's learned so far this offseason. But go All get right. Kyrie. Go get Kyrie. We got to go. This is the end of the show. Thanks for listening on the Salt City Hoop Show. Thanks, John. On ESPN.